Tip Today with Fran Curry, IMRO Radio Award Gold Winner. In association with slatterysgarage.ie. Morning, welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. Won't cost you anything to make a call and Emma is looking after the programme today. Well, Budget 2023, we'll be speaking to Tonishta Leo Varadkar in the second hour of the programme. We'll hear from our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, and financial expert, Francis O'Hanlon. Our listeners will react to the various announcements. Uh, the Gardaí will keep us up to speed on what's been happening around the county. And we have gardening with Alton Nesbitt. Now, as always, we urge you, if you have a garden query, will you log it with us as soon as you can? 83 311 for your text and WhatsApp. And, of course, you can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Lovely prize for you in conjunction with our friends at Talbot Fitness in Clonmel. They're based, of course, at the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. We are giving away the ultimate gift of fitness and health. We're giving away a free four-month membership for the Talbot Fitness Centre at uh, the hotel in Clanwell. So it's a lovely prize. It's based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp, but you must put Jim at the end of your contribution because then we'll be aware that you want to be involved in this competition. Okay, so G-Y-M at the end of your contribution and that gets you into our draw. And with membership... You can avail of all the fitness classes and access to the gym and the swimming pool, and the jacuzzi, the steam room, all of that. And you can be in perfect shape for Christmas and stuff like that. So see, I'm feeling guilty about even talking about fitness at the moment, but there you are. Um, you can imagine headlines right throughout the newspapers today, all about budget 2023, just to run through them quickly for you. The Irish Daily Mail taking the sting out of winter. The Irish Times, 11 billion. And they have that uh, figure up there uh, together with uh, nine zeros. It's a mouth watering um, uh, amount of money when you think about it, isn't it? 11 billion euro. Big giveaway as coalition braces for difficult winter is the headline there to the Irish Examiner. Record 11 billion budgeted to ease cost of living. And finally on the Irish Independent record 11 billion thrown at the cost of living crisis. So that's what's making headlines today. Now we'd love your opinion on the budget, what you've heard so far, what your understanding of it is, uh, do get in touch with us, uh, 1800 938 007. And we will be speaking to the Tornishta in the second hour of the programme. Do you have a question for him? Is there, some, is there something you would like to ask him? If there is, well, again, tell us what that is. 83 311 Now, the Minister for Finance, uh, Pascal Donoghue, said when the doll gathered... Uh, for the budget uh, last year, it was emerging 
from the worst of COVID-19 pandemic. But Ireland now faces a further economic challenge. This is what he said yesterday, which has to be the understatement of the year. But it's being described as a windfall budget, as you heard there, 11 billion being spent across a wide demographic in what the government is hoping will appease the concerns about the cost of living. Well, we took to the streets of Clanmel following the budget announcement to see what people thought. Being here now 27 years and uh, a lot of money for, um, oh, it's a lot of money for the politicians, that's for sure. A lot of money wasted in many ways. Um, is there anything you would have liked to have seen in the budget? Something for the, the young kids that is nothing here. They're hanging around here all the time, which I don't mind. But some of them, they're not welcome, they cause trouble. And that's because they have nothing here, really. They do know that they've been absolutely nothing here for me. Why do you say that? Because I'm a public, a one public sector pay nothing, and never, there's never anything in it for us. Never. What would you like to see in total reform? I'm an OAP, so anything I can get. A 12 euro or so extra. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But still, every little helps when you're when you're living on a pension. What would you have liked to have seen in it? Actually, no. I'm happy enough with what I'm getting. Like, okay. you know, uh, if we get the, the rise and the little bit extra for living alone and stuff like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, so you're uh, happy enough? I'm happy enough with it, yeah. But I think it's, on the, as they sort of said earlier, going to sound quite promising. So you're happy enough? Oh, yes. With what you've heard so far? Exactly. Maybe the childcare, and I'm not sure how it will work, but I, I, from what I can gather, that seems to be a huge problem, you know, for working uh, parents and yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, well, we're getting an increase of 12 euros, I heard. You feel like it should have been more? You happy no, enough? no, I'm quite happy because in uh, 2011 I had cancer and I was Sorry. getting 2003 and then the Kenny reduced it down to 198. So I think getting 12 euros is great. Well, a mixed reaction there to Budget 2023 from the streets of Clonmel yesterday. Again, how do you feel? About budget 2023, 1800 938 007. Pat joins me now. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you today, Pat. What What do you make of uh, the budget? I am very happy with the budget. Um, it is, of course, it's a giveaway budget for the most vulnerable in the country. And um, it was expected with the high costs of energy and and things at the moment. What I believe that you thought that fifteen euro would have been more realistic uh, increase in social welfare. Um, yes, I, I, I was looking at that, but then when I looked and realised the cost of the twelve euro per annum is going to cost next year one billion, mm. uh, I could imagine what fifteen euro would cost when, when the, the negotiations were going on. But I would thought that 12, fifteen euro would have been a more realistic figure. Uh, but anyway, look at twelve euro is a is a nice uh, a nice rise. It's, it's, it's there. Mm. I prefer to get that than getting a lump sum. I'll put it that way here, because at least it's it's a weekly benefit that comes. You know that will be there uh, to help and to assist. As, as opposed to a one-off. Uh, as opposed so. to a one-off. No, I, I'm very happy with the 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 energy cost. Uh, the, the 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 grants that they are given. They are the six hundred euro. Yes. Tranches of of two hundred each. But then the cynical thing about it is that look at what Putin done yesterday, or what he's supposed to have done yesterday, um, by by um, sabotaging the gas pipeline coming mm. into Europe. It's going to drive energy costs up again. Um, now I did hear this morning uh, that that 
um, when they looked at, at, at what happened in, in the Baltic Sea, Russia were around the Irish Sea off the coast of Ireland. Mm. Were they watching our telecommunications cables that were coming in? Were they going to sabotage those as well? Like, you, you don't know what's happening. And you, and you can't quantify what the energy costs will be next year. You know, they have made estimates of, of, of how they're going to cope. But I would imagine by coming next February, most of the, 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 the transfers are finished at the end of February, the 28th of February. And I mean, Sinn Féin making that point that there is a lack of certainty, particularly where energy is concerned. And maybe it would have been a better notion to to cap energy prices. Uh, How do you feel about that? That that would be totally off the wall, because uh, look at what happened in the UK. Hmm. They they capped the energy energy um, energy companies with energy prices there. And it's going to cost 70 billion a year. Uh, they'll bankrupt the country in the UK. Look at the the, the, the pound tanked. Uh, the 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 gilts uh, have risen. That's a, a sure sign that the government uh, gilts that they can't afford to pay back. Or the, or the markets are looking at that the UK can't afford to pay back the the, the high cost of borrowing. You know they they rose uh, in the beginning last night. They rose about three quarters of a percent, which is huge. Now yes. our bonds, our government bonds, didn't rise because of the budget. Uh, they stayed stayed uh, stagnant. Well, it's, it's probably not uh, not a fair comparison, though, because of course we're linked to the euro. Um, we are linked to the, I know we're linked to the euro, yes. but, but definitely, if you cap the, the energy cost, somebody has to pay for it, Brian. Hmm. I don't care what anybody says. You cap the energy cost. The Sinn Féin were going back to to uh, pre twenty nineteen. Hmm. Uh, the energy cost, sorry, twenty nineteen energy cost, and cap that. Hmm. But the energy companies will still increase, and the government have to keep continue paying them. Yes. So who pays the government? No, in actual fact, the workers of Ireland pay the, pay the government. Mm. You know, so it has to be paid back. At least this was a fully costed uh, uh, budget. I would have seen that. I, I would. I would agree that that it it's for the most vulnerable, which is most important. You know, uh, to get the twelve euro a week inside the, the the pension, the carers are looked after, um, the, 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 the disabled are looked after. Um, you know, it, it is for the most vulnerable, and at least that, that there is two hundred euro uh, um, uh, for, uh, against your energy bill three times in the next whatever it is six months. They're going to get double payment in, in November. You know, so and a double child care, uh, double child benefit coming up into Christmas, which is yeah. going to be a help for so people. So you know? you're feeling res- relatively positive about this. I'm positive it? about it, but as I said to you, Brian, I, I I don't know what's happened over in the in the very very far east. Mm. Uh, as regards what Putin is going to do, because mm. uh, like it is a cynical move to, to blast or to, to, to what they call it to sabotage the gas pipeline. Like we're coming into winter into Europe now, and just to do that is a is a cynical move. It's the kind of a he's getting back at at, at Europe. Right. So it's, it's the great unknown for next year. Then unknown. when you think and, about and, that, and governments can't uh, plan for that. Like okay, if you knew what the if you knew that you had constant energy and you knew that the energy was going to go up or the use of energy was going to go up, at least you can make a plan. But knowing that the that energy is not there because of some uh, uh, despot over in Russia decides mm. to blow it out of it, you know, or stop it or turn off the gas pipeline, you know. But this, 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 I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully that we will survive this winter. If we will survive this winter without the extra costs and, and, on people, Maybe the chances are, 
it'll be a happier summer next year coming in. Well, we really hope so in, in indeed, Pat. Uh, are you in re- receipt of, of pension, Pat? Sorry? Are you in receipt of pension? I'm in receipt of pension, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm in receipt of the army pension, not the disability pension, because the disability came in after I was... After I was um, uh, retired, right, you know, so. and and uh, the ordinary day to day cost of living, then, Pat. I mean, how is that affecting you? I mean, is is that extremely noticeable? Um, it, I put it this way to your friend that you 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 count your cost. You know what 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 you have. Right, your budget. You spend more than what you have because of the simple reason. You know, you can't get a bank overdraft when you're on a pension. You know, so you, you you only spend what you have, and 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 that's all you can do with it. You know, you cut your thoughts according to your measure. You know, energy costs are the one thing that that would worry me. That that is the the the, the cost yes. of heat, the cost of of. Um, um, I don't use oil; I use electricity, heat, electric heat. So those costs, when they started to to rise, they are uh, um, a considerable burden. Yeah, we we, we, we use uh, oil, and I know a lot of people who use oil um very disappointed that that wasn't looked at in uh, the budget. And, I mean, Janie Mac, the cost of oil now has gone totally oh, yeah. through the roof as well. No, you know? I, as I said, I use electricity, so I know what the cost yeah. of the unit is, you know. And the only thing you can do is, you know, is, is turn your thermostat down, that it'll be just maybe one or two degrees. And there is a, a saving in that. Mm. Um, now, I, I do believe, and I was reading the paper yesterday, that, that there's supposed to be a heat wave hitting Ireland. So we, I hope it hits us. That it means that the heat is not coming on. But, you know, but you, you have to turn on heat. You know, you have to provide it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But but you're saying to me you have to budget very carefully on, on, on the pension. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, um, the yeah. thing about it is, like, I have an occupational pension as well. From, from my previous employment, mm. and um, that back when I was uh, in, in, up to twenty, what is it, nineteen ninety eight? Right, so that so tops it up somewhat. That tops it up. It's, yeah. a, bit, it's, it's a help. But I tell you now that if I was relying on the the um, the social welfare uh, contributory pension, uh, definitely it wouldn't. Only I, I definitely would be cutting the pin of my collar. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, Frances O'Hanlon, who is our financial advisor, she is constantly saying that. You know, I mean, make sure that you examine. Could you possibly live on the normal old age pension? You know, and no, most no, people no. couldn't. I, I find it. I find it. People that are living on that, uh, they have to be. Um, you know, they have to be. Uh, not enough of bread on the table. Put it that way. To you. Yeah. you know, to, 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 they're going to be um, budgeting their costs and see what way they can save. Um, use the cheap cuts of meat. They use the, whatever the case may be. You know, it, it definitely is uh, not sustainable in this day and age. Uh, that they're currently getting. Uh, uh, Peter Spotted, it could be 265 now yeah. uh, from the 1st of January onwards, up to 253 now. 253, that's only a 1,000 euro a month. It's very, 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 very uh, small. It's very, very little money. And uh, they're saying that, you know, the 12 euro increase, but seemingly uh, it would take a 27 euro increase just to stand still, in other words, just to cope with uh, inflation. Absolutely, yes, but look at the cost that that would that would incur inside the then, you know what I mean? Like, uh, as I said, it's, it's 12 euros going to cost uh, one billion from the 1st of January next year yeah. for one year, you know. So imagine if you double that, that's two billion that's gone in, and two billion is 2,000 million euro. It's a huge amount of money, you know, um, that the government would have to find to pay out. Now, okay, uh, we can all say and, and be greedy and look and say, well, but I would go to 30 euro a, a week of a rise. 
we'd all love that. Mm. But you have to be realistic about it, you know. And and all of well, needless to say, all of this has to be paid for in in some fashion. Do you go along with the notion of having that rainy day fund, the two billion, and setting setting that aside, and four billion I, I next year? Agree with that. And and and, and we learned our lesson in two thousand and eight. Hmm. That's the when the, when two thousand and eight when the bank crash came. Um, and say honest to to, to uh, was it Brian Lennon and Brian Lennon hmm. and Junior brought in that hmm. the rainy day fund. It was it was kept by 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 um, the USC was obviously brought in for that, um, and at least that they have money to spend. Now the the the, the, the what they call it the carbon taxes mm. that they always know they are going to be put back into the economy again to help people to to retrofit their homes or whatever the case may be. Now I wouldn't in the position that I'm in I wouldn't be able to, fit, to retrofit my home because it's a huge cost of time. Mm. Well, I would imagine most that. people wouldn't be able to do that, Pat. No, it's, it's, it's an expensive yeah. uh, thing to do, you know. Um, but uh, people on pensions just couldn't afford to do that uh, to retrofit their homes. Now, if if the homes were retrofit and uh, warmer homes or the walls pumped or whatever the case may be, uh, it would be cheaper energy. But like there's a catch-22 situation. You can't afford to do it, number one, and yet you have to continue living on with the high cost of energy. You know, so yeah, it, it's worrying times for people. Absolutely, it's but it's really next year, isn't it, when, you know, all, yeah, all of this year. will now, become... Now, to get us over the, the thing, there's, there's a, a double, I think there's a double, uh, uh, what do you call it, a double pension rate in November. Yes. Coming into the 1st of November for whatever it is, in October, end of October. Yeah. So that's a kind of a buffer that will go towards electric costs, electricity costs, or, or energy costs, we call them. And the right is that they didn't touch the petrol or the diesel. Uh, people have to go to work, uh, and they left the the, the 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 what do you call it the twenty. Well, well they did increase it, but it's mitigated by what's it's happening. Mitigated, where, yeah, mitigated. Yeah. And that was a, that was, was Eamon Ryan's intervention to mm. say that he did want the carbon tax on it. But he was coming up with he was fighting the case that they wanted the carbon tax on it. Uh, but if that was put on, uh, there'd be war, simple war. People would have. Would do you have, believe uh, so? Do you do you run a car as well, Pat? Sorry. Do you run a car? I do, I do. Right. I, do. I mean, you must have noticed incredible increase in the cost oh, of no, petrol. Then, yeah. When it went to two euro, two, yeah. two, two a litre, a litre. Like yeah. The car was outside the door. That's it. Um, you know, Par- you, parked up. Parked up. Parked up. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, but like the thing about it is, uh, um, like only okay, we have to move out. We have to to, to move out, and the only way I can go out is by my car. And uh, I found that that look at if these these costs are going to continue, like where where will they stop? At least they started to come down. I remember that when when uh, you may remember there that, that uh, Apple Green were doing a kind of a dirty celebration. Yes, indeed. All yeah. over the country. There were queues we were outside them. Up, yeah. Mm. We all queued up at our car for one seventy six a liter. It is one seventy two now. <laughs> you know. So I'm yeah. still complaining about it. You know. But uh, to be quite honest, your friend. Um, uh, Looking at the, the budget, I'm happy with the budget. Right. I am happy with the budget uh, because I would put myself in, in, in a vulnerable position. No, not as bad as, okay, I don't look at myself as being totally uh, mm. um, vulnerable. But yet at the same time, it is a, a, a godsend to see something coming back to people, and especially the energy bills. The 200 euro is a, mm. is a great help when a bill comes in at 500 euro or whatever it is at the time. Uh, and take 200 euros off it, at least to sustain it, at least right. they, can, and, they can budget for that or whatever. And, you and know. finally, Pat, can I ask you about the lack of targeting? I mean, when you think of it, that everybody's going to benefit 
from the 600 euro with the, the, the energy bills. Everybody's going to benefit from the childcare allowance, all of this kind of thing. Um, should that be more targeted to people who really I, need it? Uh, to be quite honest to Fred, that when you're, when you're actually applying for grants or whatever the case may be, for your home or whatever the case may be, they use the MRN number of the ESB, right? So the MRN should be tied to, 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 to uh, the, the people, but it's not. If the, if the MRN was applied uh, to all citizens in the country, then you can see that those people that were the likes of the, and I, I don't want to be using his name, but the Michael O'Leary, mm. those that are, mm. are very, very well off, they will still get the 200 euro on top of their ESP. Yes. Uh, you know, reduction. And and those people, they don't, that should, that should be targeted, definitely. And then maybe the ch- chances are if, the, if, if those uh, 2% of the country that are on, on, on a high earning, right? If that was given back to the people that have the low earning, you know what I mean? So they could increase the 200 euro to something better. Maybe. Right, but they'll tell you that to administer that would be an but absolute would nightmare. Would be astronomical. Yes. I can imagine that it would be astronomical. Yeah. As well as that, uh, that's all right with the electric Ireland, but then you have other energy suppliers in the country as well, like energy and all those people mm. as well. So like... Uh, it's easier probably to do a blanket uh, thing on it, you know. Well, that, uh, that's that's what we hear, but you'd wish that it could be targeted more, but there I you go. I wish it could be targeted, yes, obviously. Um, right. you know, I'm not a, a people before profit person that, that, that you, you, you tax, fully tax the 1% of the people that are paying the taxes here in the country, mm. and you overtax them. Uh, I'm not for that. I, I look for a more targeted uh, um, uh, structure that, that those that are earning, the, the high the high earning people, that they pay uh, a little bit extra in their income, and not please them, that's a little bit extra in their, in their income. Um, now, be- because that would be fair, Pat, is that what you mean? That would be just right? fair. Just fair, just yeah. fair. If you look at another way, friend, I see the hospitality sector yesterday, just listen to or look at this. The hospitality sector yesterday were complaining that the fact that the 9% is going to go in the, in the beginning of, of next year. Yeah. Right? The 9%, they never gave one thing back. Instead, instead of that, what they've done is they priced out. Uh, people going for hotels, they just, they, last year, they had the 9%, but they never passed it on to the people. So I have no sensitivity whatsoever to those, to those that, that didn't give back the 9% or give back the, the small bit of the savings that they got. So instead of that, they opened up after the, after the pandemic, they went out and they squeezed anyone that was going inside the door. You know, and I, I feel that that's, that's wrong. All right. Well, that's something we'll be chatting about later on in the programme as well. Pat, thanks very much for your time this morning. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. We Thank wish you well, Pat. Thank you. Bye bye to you now. That's uh, Pat speaking to us this morning. 1800 Apologies for the old voice today, by the way. I sound like a, a corn crake or something. Um, disgusted with the budget, Fran. Uh, 12 euro for social welfare. It's a joke. Uh, we're all carers having to look after ourselves, old people to. Uh, trying to survive and we're living on social welfare we should have got 20 euro at least that comes in from uh, Margaret uh, today another listener Fran could you ask uh, the Tanishta why family cares and the people we care for are left behind once again in this budget no fuel allowance for carers uh, lumped in as usual with uh, welfare even though we have to work for our payment no services again for the people that we care for uh, left behind as usual and that's in from Barbara who spoke to us so eloquently on the programme yesterday as well. Nothing for workers against is one of our listeners. High earners do they really need the 600 euro towards energy bills? 
uh, says Kelly to us today. Another listener. Social welfare should be abolished. They won't or are too lazy to work. And if they have to have a payment until they secure work, let them clean the streets and our parks and put them doing something useful instead of being dodgers on the state. Some of these uh, people never worked and the children the same, says a listener today. All right, we'll take a break. Back in a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie The Imro Radio Award winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to Tip Today. Our political correspondent Sean Defoe uh, joins me now. Sean, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Ministers uh, Dunhu and McGrath took uh, an hour and a half yesterday to uh, to deliver the budget. Uh, we sadly don't have that kind of time. But will you give us uh, an overview, uh, Sean, of of budget 2023? Yes, I suppose we're flicking through some of the, the highlights, if you like. Package of total 11 billion euro, biggest budget in the history of the state. 2 billion euro put into the rainy day fund as well. So there's something put aside, I suppose, uh, mm. from all of this. Big changes. Uh, income tax is burning over 40,000. You're going to get about 800 a year back into your pocket because of changes to tax balance, income tax, and some minor tweaks to USC. Elsewhere on the tax front, if you look at VAT on the hospitality sector, that's going to be allowed to expire in February. The reduced rate, that is, of 9%. It's going to return then to 13.5% next March. A lot of um, lot of businesses unhappy about that morning. Uh, the uh, cigarettes and alcohol, the old classics, if you like, 50 cents on a 20-pack of cigarettes, uh, alcohol being left alone, carbon tax going ahead as planned, and the cuts to excise on fuel being kept. The carbon tax increase, though, is being offset by, by other cuts. Some of the other big ones, social welfare, 12 euro hike and core social welfare rates from January, so that'll bring the dole to 220, state pension to 265, and a whole raft then of one-off payments, 500 euro to carers, to people with a disability, and those on working family payments, double payment of the child benefit in December, a fuel allowance payment of €400, living alone allowance payment of €200, and a double payment of all core social welfare rates, both in Halloween and at Christmas. Business supports on their energy bills to cover 40% of the increase uh, from last year to this year, worth a a total or a cap, rather, of €10,000 a month on uh, education. Obviously, the free school books for primary level, solar panels on all schools, students at third level getting a €1,000 discount on their fees and a double payment of the Susie Grant, which is also going up in rate. We have health fund, a small enough fund, it must be said, to move towards publicly funded IVF, Mm. the extension of the free contraceptive scheme to women aged 30 and under, abolishing hospital fees for all adults and 400,000 odd free GP visit cards. And then some of the other, I mean, there's a lot in this. I could go on for an hour, as you say, but a thousand new guard a new tax credit for renters worth 500 euro this year, vacant property tax for properties that are occupied for less than 30 days in a year, extension of the help to buy scheme, 25% reduction in childcare, 20% cuts in the cost of public transport. Big one for people will be the 600 euro energy credit. So that's mm. going to be 600 euro off your electricity paid in three installments, I think, uh, in November, January, and March is the dates that they are 
are looking at uh, increasing the defence funding, uh, increasing money to farmers and uh, and in fishing, some schemes sort of kept up there, and some money for arts and media. Uh, so there's quite a lot in it. One of the other ones, actually, the surprise ones that wasn't really flagged yesterday, tax on concrete blocks yes. to partially pay for the micro-redress scheme, going to raise around €80 million Euro a year. It's going that's to be a, that's one tax. of the controversial aspects, uh, isn't it? Because, of course, then we're looking at, you know, who's going to pay for this at the end of the day, but people who are building homes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in two minds about this because uh, as someone who's only recently bought a home and gone through all the absolute hassles that it is at the minute and how hard the market is, is to get through anything that pushes up the cost. I'm mm. just thinking, oh God, that's completely unwelcome and of course the cost is going to be passed on because the cost of everything is passed on to the consumer at the end of the day. But at the same time, what the companies involved in the MICA and the Pyrite scandal did was absolutely scandalous mm. and I think they should absolutely be made to pay for it. It doesn't seem like the government and Leo Varadkar indeed saying this, this morning has found any way to go after the individual companies and the individuals who were involved in it who have made homes that are literally crumbling around people and have ruined people's lives. So on that sense, I'd say, yeah, do, uh, absolutely do tax them but of course it is going to be people who pay. Of course it is. Uh, the other uh, controversial uh, aspect as well as the 430,000 people uh, becoming eligible for the free GP card next year. Now this is imposing this on an already chaotic situation we just don't have enough GPs and it doesn't seem, Sean, as if there was proper consultation here. No, uh, and it sounds great on paper, doesn't it? 400,000 people getting an extra yeah. GP card like, oh yeah, great, uh, great headline uh, there and uh, it means that more than half the people in the country will now have either a free GP card or a full medical card. But of course, the capacity isn't there in the system. We hear it everywhere. I know you hear it a lot in, in, in Tipperary, where sure. there are places where the GPs just can't retire because if they do, there's absolutely nobody to take over. And it's the same across uh, across a wide variety of counties in the country. And the GPs are, are saying, well, you know, we didn't get any heads up on this. We don't have the capacity to take on all these extra people. So that does seem like one of those areas. The health press conference from Stephen Donnelly is going to be later on today. It'll be interesting to see how he squares that one. It will indeed, won't it? Um, the opposition, Sinn Féin, yesterday pretty much immediately saying that this was a wasted opportunity and there's a lack of certainty uh, for people. Um, your thoughts on that, Sean? I think yesterday, and I think even the fact that when Chris Doherty got up and started speech, he was incredibly low energy. It was very difficult for the opposition to find holes mm. in the budget that's such a, a massive giveaway. But holes they have found nonetheless, as the opposition will, will tend to do, and where the, I suppose the, the sticking points claimed up was a few areas. One was around the social welfare, which is a 12-year week increase. Uh, a lot of the opposition parties were saying that's not going to deal with long-term poverty and the people who will be in this crisis next year when there isn't a whole bunch of one-stop payments, we hope, um, because things will be relatively back to normal. So they were saying that that should have been higher, that the tax credit for renters in particular, the 500 euro, doesn't even cover a month's rent for, for most of them, and that that should have been much higher. And then on the energy situation as well. So what, what the, the particular quote that you, you were mentioning there was Sinn Féin saying that there should be a cap on energy and yeah. their policy is that there should be this cap that brings things back to 2021 price levels. The problem that the government has with it, I think to be fair, it's a reasonable problem, is that means that you are guaranteeing uh, to cover from government coffers any and all price increases that might come from the energy companies. It's essentially a blank check to the energy companies to keep going up. How would you even know how much to put aside for it? Because we, we have no idea what the price of electricity is going to be in a month, let alone three months, let alone six months. And so you would be just paying and paying and paying. And while consumers might have some certainty that their bills will be at 2021 level, the tax is all coming out of our pockets anyway, and it is public money that could run into to billions or even tens of billions with energy companies knowing that they have this blank check that the government is just going to cover all expenses no matter what they do.
You were saying that opposition found it hard enough to pick holes in this, but I, I found reaction from government uh, backbenches and stuff yesterday a little muted as well by comparison with the usual kind of uh, uh, applause and and uh, encouragement they give to when when the minister gets to his feet. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, there was only a few. It was sort of a, a weird one that the, the one of the biggest applauses that they got was a, a reduction to zero percent in the VAT on newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the you know the politicians were sort of uh, getting behind that, obviously trying to maybe curry a bit of favour at the media. Sure. But of course, it also yeah. came on the day when uh, Media House Ireland confirmed that the Fingal Independent, that uh, one of those local papers that's been around for a long time, was mm. going to close. So yeah. you know, that's a, that, now that's a bit of a niche landscape. I know a lot of people don't really care about the landscape of media finance, but but anyway. Um, but there are other ones. See, there there are things in here that are. Going Going to make things difficult for some of those backbenchers. That the tourism bat rate is one, yes. for example, and the reason or the driving reason from Pascal Donoghue, but also from other ministers, is the gouging that went on on mm. prices on hotels, particularly in Dublin. But I say particularly in Dublin because it didn't happen in large parts of the country. I'm sure there are loads of hotels in Tipperary that didn't well, that's the point. gouge on yes. prices. Yeah. Most of them, like that, most hotels have put up prices a little bit because of the cost of living, and I think people kind of understand that. You see it at restaurants mm. as well. And restaurants are the ones that are going to be hit by this too. So I think a lot of TDs, backbenchers, are going to have to be explained that in the constituencies this morning. Yeah, f- funnily enough, what we're hearing, hearing this morning is there's little sympathy for for hospitality from our listeners anyway because they feel that they were gouged in terms of pricing Sean yeah, that's an interesting one. And again, like I feel, I don't feel sympathy for some of the big players, particularly the, the hotels in Dublin, as I said, because the prices that were there for the likes of the All Ireland Final, the prices mm. that were there for Garth Brooks. What I do feel for is, you know, there are, there are some kind of like we all have the local restaurants yeah. that go down to that have yeah. generally tried to keep things uh, balanced or not put up the prices a huge amount, and that they're going to be the ones that suffer as well. I know they're going to get this new energy uh, bonus from the businesses too, but I, I have a, a certain amount of sympathy. But it does only go so far. Sean, we appreciate your time this morning. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for coming on with us, Sean. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, Our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, speaking to us this morning. We'll take a break. Back with more in just a moment. The Imro Radio Award winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie. You might think you know. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. Now our finance uh, expert, Francis O'Hanlon of FOH Finance joins me now. Francis, good morning to you. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Well, you and I spoke on Monday ahead of all of this. Now that you have yeah. detail, Francis, what do, you, what do you make of it all? Okay, so trying to sift through the detail, which I was at late hour last night. Um, look, I suppose there's positives... Um, let's not take away from the fact that this is a massive budget, like eleven point three billion. Yeah. So it's a massive budget. Um, but look, I suppose if we're looking at the background of this as to why you know there's a cost of living crisis, there's inflation concerns, the increasing cost for businesses to do business. You know, if we're looking globally, there's increasing concerns there, the same as ourselves. We're looking at rising interest rates. So if we're looking on a domestic basis, then we've obviously problems around childcare. We have problems around housing, which are very, very well documented. 
And let's just add climate change and everything else uh, in on top of that. So, look, it's there's massive problems and there was a massive budget. Um, so I think this is kind of a game of two halves. There's what I call the direct injection, which is get to the point of pain now. Yes. Um, and they were all the various benefits that they have said that they're going to get to us ASAP, um, you know, in the form of even say social welfare payments that are going to be paid on the double, um, the 600 euros um, that everyone's going to receive in relation to utility bills, 200 before Christmas, and then two tranches again in 2023. So they're kind of direct and one-off payments. And there's there's multiples of those and I like without going through them one by one I can certainly do so but I think a lot of people are probably fairly familiar with them. The most obvious one is the electricity bills yeah. um, 600 euros as I've mentioned doubled, double child benefit payment in November um, a one off double week for the cost of living support to social welfare recipients you know an additional 500 for working family payments to be paid in November and, and the list goes on. Um, the norm, say, the Christmas bonus for social welfare recipients will be paid early. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be in early December. And I, then I suppose the second part of this is the ongoing. Okay, you know the drip as to how much extra people are going to get um, on an ongoing basis, and that may result in an increase in tax, say for it in relation to the tax bans, where they've increased the level that people go into high rate tax, um, they've broadened the USC ban slightly, or they've increased social welfare payments slightly. But I suppose, Fran, it, look, can you please everyone mm. all of the time? No. Um, yeah, and I would, it have been, would it have been impossible, Francis, to mitigate all of the um, the cost of living increases, the inflation, would it have been impossible? But it is impossible because if you look at the fact that they put $11.3 billion to this, right, and people are still not happy. Because, I'm not saying people are moaning for the sake of it, um, but there's not everybody is happy. Some people are let, feel a bit cold in relation to this. And, you know, if I was to identify maybe a few people that may feel a bit left out, um, you know, like, is it, can it keep pace with inflation? Who knows? Because well, that's what knows we don't what inflation's know. Because going to be. And, like, it's not a bottomless pit here. And I would say, in their defence, we have a massive national debt already that has to be serviced and as the cost of borrowing increases that's going the piper again we mentioned the piper on numerous occasions has to be paid down the line so they need this probably and i heard one economist say look this is really a political budget to it to a certain extent not an economic budget um and maybe there was a lot of fallout from across the water about a, a similar package a, a much a bigger package a couple of days ago, but I suppose it's not. You can't please everybody. They they put through a lot of money at this, and they try to give people instant relief, and that's what I'm talking yes. about. The direct, but of course, when the, when the once-off payments stop, Francis, and they yeah. will stop, uh, yeah. people are largely back to square one. Then, if there is yeah. other issues, but, yeah. But look at people that are renting like 500 euros relief i mean i just kind of thought okay i thought that was a bit light and you know well like how is that going to help somebody um okay and i'm people might be saying so so what about landlords 
there's nothing in there to encourage small landlords. I'm not talking about big institutional yeah, landlords. Sure. I'm talking about the person that has the one house that they had and they they kept it going. There's nothing in there to incentivize them to keep that. You know, so I would say if they were waiting for the budget as of yesterday, they're probably putting it on the market. Um, you know, looking again then even like say take a married couple mm. that are earning 110,000 between them now that might sound like massive money to some people but let's say they have two children in college yeah, of course. they actually don't get any rebate in relation to the grant now that 1,000 reduction in fees as a mum yourself Francis I mean you know yeah. that's, that's, that's a nice one but it is a once off it is a once off and again if you're talking about families that maybe like back to the 110,000 number mm. if for that's only available for anybody I think it's from 62 and a half because that's what they brought the Susie Grant mm. um, level of income up to to 100,000 anyone in that bracket will get it but anyone above that won't get the, the return and I, like I have clients that are saying look we've three in college but it might be that one of them is only working to the extent that they are because they have three in college. And if they're over the 100,000, they get nothing back, you know, in relation to that. So, again, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody. I, I, I think maybe for carers, and I heard um, a lady comment, um, you know, and I mean, the work that carers do is yeah, just unbelievable. Sure. Yeah. And, I, I, like, I heard a lady comment that, you know, this should be needs tested, not means tested. And you know what? I, I kind of agree with her. But again, where do you end here? Like the work the carers are doing, the money they're saving the state, the comfort they're giving our citizens by, you know, giving up their time or their ability to of work. And look, look at what they're saving the state. Now, I know there's a Absolutely. 500 euro lump sum for yeah. carers in November, I think, Francis as well, and yeah. a disability payment. And, so, and we'll be asking Richie Malloy uh, about that. Just finally, Francis, can I ask you, thumbs up or thumbs down was it the best that could be done at this point in time again what i'm going to say 11.3 billion massive budget i think look lots done more to do but i am mindful like you see we we spoke about the state pension increase the other day we talked we spoke about psi levels going up to match that going forward you know, when you've got an increase in the weekly state pension by 12 euros a week, though it seems nothing to the people that need it, that means an increase, further increase in PRSI rates eventually. So again, it's, try, it's trying to balance. I think yes. they have to do something to give people relief now. Um, but it's the ongoing. And by the way, the finance bill is where the fine detail is. Of course. And that's not going to be in play until October. So that's when we're going to see, you know, other matters around pensions and because there was no big announcements around any of the, shall we say, the financial instruments. Um, you know, again... Right. And that, that's where we'll come across all of the detail, of course, in the, we'll in the finance bill. And we'll get Again. All right, Francis, great to talk okay. to you today and thanks very much indeed. That's our financial expert, Francis O'Hanlon there from FOH uh, Finance in Clanmel. Now the reduced 9% VAT rate for tourism and hospitality was due to expire at the end of February uh, next year, but the indication is that this will not be extended beyond this. Well, let's find out from the coalface uh, how uh, they're reacting to this because Liz Nallen, who is manager of the lovely Manella Hotel in Clanmel, joined now, Liz, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Liz. What, was that disappointing news for you? 
very disappointing, Fran. Like both with, uh, you know, as Francis said, everything has increased. You know, I know the government have a hard job and, you know, the last three years has been tough for everybody, but very tough for the hospitality industry. And we're trying to get back on our feet again um, and to increase prices. You know, we'll have to increase our prices to override this fast, you know, a 5% fat increase, you know, on say a room that costs 160 euros will mean you know, eight euros more just for VAT on that room on top of energy costs, on top of everything else. And do you feel, Liz, that you were lumped in with certain hotels who price gouged and, you know, it leaves some people, and certainly what we're hearing from listeners this morning, with with little, uh, little you know, feeling sorry for the hospitality industry because yeah. of that. I spoke down the country for years and we've been saying as like in America years ago, there was a, an extra tax on, on New York because New York did the business. Sure. You know, the hotels in New York were the busiest in the world and their their rate, their city tax rate and their rate for, for um, tax was higher than it was in Wisconsin or in other places. So that encouraged people to go to other places because the taxes were higher there. Um, and we've been saying this for years, like Dublin has the monopoly. Dublin has the most hotel rooms in the country. Dublin is the one where the, you know, the prices have increased. You know, it's, it's more expensive mm. to stay in Dublin than it is nearly to stay in any other city in the world at the minute. And we've been, you know, we've been blackened all over the country with, you know, saying that the hotel rates have increased. Um, they have increased, but they've increased higher in Dublin than they have anywhere else in the country. So why not? You know, the volume is there. The business is in Dublin. Um, so why not just let the Dublin hotels take the brunt of the increased fat rate and leave it, leave it at the lower rate for the rest of the country? And, and you think that would be fair. Doubling. What will happen if it returns to 13%, Liz? The rates will go up, Fran. You know, the rates will go up by probably 8, 10 euros a room a night, which is just going to that. Right. On top of, like, the, the energy costs and every other cost going up, you know, and that will result in people, I suppose, deciding to holiday outside of the country, Liz. I mean, is that inevitable in some way? Absolutely. It will, yeah. Yeah. It will. You know, like you say, if it goes up 5%. It's 5% on the top. So it's 5% before anything else. So like, you know, as I said, on a room, they say at the minute it's €160 Euros for, the, for the 1st of January. That room now would be €168 Euros on the 1st of February. Purely because of the increase in that. You will benefit, so however, from the, the the help where energy is concerned on business, will you not? We will. We'll get 40,000, but our our energy increase have been increased by 500,000. Wow. So our energy bill will go up 500, at least 500,000 this year. It's gone up three times. We'll get 40,000 40, help from the government on that. So where are we going to get the other 460,000? Well, you tell me how how will you get the other four hundred and sixty thousand? You don't know. I really don't. I really don't know, Fran. You know, it's it's you know, it's just uncontrollable, really, at the moment. And uh, you know, the temperature. You know, we have to do something about the way we live. I suppose if if energy is going up so high, maybe we lower the temperature. You know, where it's twenty degrees, um, we lower it to nineteen degrees, and how much can we save by that? We've got to look at, at ways of getting rounded, of ways of, you know, surviving. And still, who wants to go and pay for a cold hotel room, Liz? No, they don't. Yeah. No. no. 
Yeah, it's um, so overall this budget, where tourism and hospitality is concerned, Liz. What what would you say? Well, I'd say like the VAT rate, rate is very disappointing, Fran. It's you know because we've struggled and we fought so much to try and keep it, and I suppose it's a you know it's a percentage that's that's blunt and, and clear. You know we don't know how much the energy is going to go up by. You know we know it's going to increase, and and at the minute, like our energy bill is three times higher than it was this time last year. Um, but like the VAT rate is is, is a fixed percentage. Now. It'll be a fixed percentage of nothing because, like, the volume of business will decrease if people won't be able to afford it. It's interesting. I'll, I'm, I'm speaking then, to... And then what's going to happen to... You know, it's fine for the bigger companies. They can pay that, the big, huge companies, and, and they spread it over when they have, you know, businesses in, in other places. They can spread it over. But, like, you know, as, as Francis said earlier, it's the small people. You know, it's the small people we have to keep. It's the small businesses we have to keep. It's the niche businesses we have to keep. You know, they can't afford, you know, an increase of, of, VAT, of VAT. They can't afford an increase of, of energy um, because they're struggling as it is at the minute. Liz, good to talk to you today and thank you very much and to me for coming on with us. And you say to everybody really to support the local businesses, to support the local restaurants, you know, to try and keep the local restaurants going through the winter, um, you know, to keep local coffee shops and stuff going, support local, support, support family businesses. So well, we can we can stay we can stay going. We are one hundred percent behind that. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Good Thanks morning to you. Time. My best to the family as well. Thank you very much indeed. Liz Nallen speaking to us there from the lovely Manella Hotel in Clonmel. News and information's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. And you're very welcome back. Thanks, Pat. Uh, 1800-938-007. We have that lovely prize for you as well. That is four months membership of the Talbot Fitness Centre in the Talbot Hotel in Clanmill. It's all sorts of stuff there, like uh, fitness classes and their gym is there, an award-winning gym, in fact. Uh, There's a swimming pool, sauna, jacuzzi and all of that. Now, it's based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp. Um, But you need to put gym, G-Y-M, at the end of your contribution. And at that point, then, we'll be aware that you want to get involved in the draw. It's as simple as that. Now, we continue with reaction to a budget 2023 and I'm glad to be joined by Councillor Richie Malloy of Family Cares Ireland. Uh, good morning to you, Richie. Good morning to you, Fran. All uh, that talk about the gym would make one tired <laughs> straight away. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to, to talk about a gym, Richie, but there you are. No, um, your, your reaction on behalf of carers to budget 2023, yeah. Richie? Yeah, I suppose, Fran, at the end of the day, any carer that would have rang us there yesterday in the centre after the budget announcement, it, it's definitely one of disappointments. I'm sorry to say, like while we do welcome the fact that, you know, the 500 euros will certainly be very welcome to anyone in receipt of the carers allowance in November, you know, towards fuel costs. But we were very disappointed, I suppose, that they didn't make the carers allowance a qualifying payment 
yes. for the few of them because that would have been more, we'd say, something that carers would have as a bit of security every week. You know, the 500 euros, while it sounds good in one way, but you know, when you break that down by the week and it really is a one-off thing, you know, it, it's not something that you can kind of be certain of will be continued on the following year. So that that was a disappointment. And the other one, the 12 euros increase, I mean, we're taking the view that uh, Vincent de Ball and different organisations have mentioned that to keep in line with inflation, you'd have to have an increase of 20 euros. Yes. And that would be just keeping you on par. So, you see, once again, I suppose from a carer's point of view, you're kind of lobbed in as a social welfare payment, no real difference, the fact that you're actually working, you know, very much full on if you're in receipt of the carer's allowance. So once again, there's disappointment out there. That uh, home carer tax credit, uh, that's about €100 Euro added, is it? It's something like that, but there are very vague things, Fran. That, that's the worst of anything like that, these, you know, €100 Euros tax credits. It's not going to really make you or break you yes. at the end of the day. Another big one, really, and we had been lobbying for this nationally, was the mobility allowance was abolished there a number of years ago and successive governments have been promising to reinstate that. You know, there was no mention of that yesterday in the budget. And that you see like transport obviously for carers is a big one. No more than even you would have had the you know, Mark Darmody on there at one stage there lately. And you know, definitely therapy services, you know, the children's disability service. There was no mention of those in the budget and the waiting list for them are as long as ever. You know, and they're the kind of ones we were kind of focusing on. And funnily enough, that's what we've been hearing this morning from carers is that, you know, in terms of services, um, we were none the better off, I suppose. No, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, you could just say that carers basically got the same 12 euros increase as everybody else on social welfare, and the 500 euros was was the only real difference. But, you know, different carers that were on to me yesterday were breaking that 500 euros down by the week and you're into sense at that stage. You know, it's not going to make a huge amount of difference. The, I suppose the real, and the, the difficulties too, I suppose, looking forward is, you know, the war on the Ukraine isn't going to be over yeah. anytime soon. So carers have huge costs. You know, you mentioned this morning yourself about the cost of oil mm. is, is astronomical now. And yeah. if you're on the carers announced to, to keep your oil tank filled won't be easy this coming winter. You know, it's right. And the 500 euros won't go a lot towards that now, you know. So there is a lot of issues out there. I know government, at the end of the day, it is a challenge trying to balance the budget and trying to look after every sector. But at the end of the day, the carers are the only ones working for their mm. social welfare payments. And when I say working, they're really... And what the government have been saying, Richie, is that particularly to other social welfare uh, recipients is that you have to look at it in the round. Is it possible to do that where care is concerned, to look at the entire package? I, I don't think so, because I think the carers that we're talking about, and, you know, they're, they're intense carers, you know, they're barely getting by from week to week, so they don't have much time to think about vaguer notions. They're looking really at the money in their pockets every Thursday, you know, when the payment yes. comes through and will they be able to last till the following Thursday? And if you know if you had to bring a, a child for appointments, the cost of driving, all that type of thing, that really eats into your, your weekly income. You know, but, but I mean we'll take a bag of fuel. If you're on solid fuel, I think a bag of coal now is something like forty euros plus 
you know, it's massive amounts of money and it still won't go very far. So, I mean, I'd have to say all in all, the carers would be expressing disappointment that they weren't really given any particular recognition for the, for the work that they do and keeping people, you know, at home. And, and not, not you know, I, I think I made the point to you recently, Richie, we seem to have this same conversation post-budget uh, almost every year, you know. I mean, it's weary and even say for you and I, who are at many years talking yeah. about it, but, and that's why I feel the carers that did contact me yesterday, I could sense in their voice, you know, that feeling of kind of, here we go again, what are you saying to us? Here's 12 yes. euros. You know, it wasn't kind of very inspiring like, I take the thing with the few of the now, and I think you had a great care around there last week, Kate. Yes. I think her name was talking about, you know, how difficult it is to manage. You know, some carers will benefit because he's increased the uh, fuel disregard, you know, the disregard for the fuel allowance. So that will bring more more people into the net to get the weekly fuel allowance. You know, and that's to be welcomed, for sure. But in the overall budget we would be saying that it's very disappointing again from a family carer's point of view. Right. And if you were um, speaking to Leo Varadkar in just a, a while, Richie, I mean, if you were to pose a question to him, if you were to make a point to him where this is concerned, what would you say? Yeah, the, the big point, and I'd be delighted trying to get the opportunity to raise with him, is that there really should be no means test on the carer's allowance yeah. because it should be based on the level of care that you're providing and nothing else. You know, it's not as if you were going for a job in the local co-op, they wouldn't be saying, and what does your spouse say, and we calculate accordingly what we'll pay you. That's a very aggravating factor for carers, but there really shouldn't be a means test. It should be based on, you know, how much care are you providing, what level is it at. And the other one, the big one then, Frank, would be the mobility allowance. Yes. That's been going on for a number of years now. We've nearly forgotten how beneficial it was to carers because it's been abolished for so many years. Yeah, and you've been promised that over, over a long oh, period. Successive you know? governments, yeah. including this one, have said that they will address that. But there was certainly no mention of that in the All Minister's right. Speeches. So they will be two pints trying to figure out. We have a limited time with them, but I'll do of my course, very best. Uh, Richie, thank you very much indeed for talking to us today. And thank you for the time. Frank. Thank Good you. Morning. about yeah. you, Councillor Richie Malloy, there, Family Cares Ireland. Now, in the course of that conversation, Richie uh, mentioned Kate, who did speak to us indeed last week, and she joins me now. Good morning to you, Kate. Good morning, Fran. And lovely to talk to you again, Kate. We got such a huge reaction when you spoke to me uh, last week. Um, your impression of Budget 2023 from a carer's point of view? Well, it's mixed. Rather bittersweet, I suppose. But um, through all of the, the times since I have spoken to you, I have rang the Minister's office. I have rang her constituency office. You see, Fran, my origins would be uh, Kevin Monaghan. Right. I've lost the accent uh, <laughs> long, long ago. Yes. Yeah. And I have, I have um, a Tipperary accent now. But anyway, um, what has arisen now is there's a disregard of €200. Euro, and that means that, believe it or not, after all this number of years, and with Richie and I as well, you know, talking about this, that and the other, and he's a marvellous ambassador, as I always say, mm. for the carers. But um, with this um, uh, means-based, and it's wrong to be means-based, it should be needs-based, uh, as Richie said, yes. but, uh, means-based, we Is... will now qualify for the fuel allowance at last. At last. And I have to say, I'm going, I have to thank Heather Humphreys for 
Kevin Monaghan people have, are very good natured and Tipperary people are also. But I must say, you know, coming from the origins of Kevin Monaghan, I must say that she has come up trumps with this. And I'm pleased that, you know, recognition has been given for, for, for me now. Indeed, After but the, years, the 12 euro case... Um, oh, yeah, that is, yeah. as I said to you last week, it's it's something towards the, like the fuel allowance. No, I'm sorry, the local property tax. And yeah. that's another aspect that I wanted to get onto, but I didn't get a chance during the year because I am 24-7 caring. So um, I think the local property tax should not have to be paid by people that are, are over the pension age and that are on a fixed income. Because we don't get anything out in the heart of the countryside for that local property tax. Right, because of course what they claim with the uh, LPT is that, you know, it finances playgrounds and libraries and all of these kind of things. But you're saying you don't benefit from that because of you're a rural dweller. Yes, and yeah. I wanted a light here because there are two houses, there's a house down, just down, just near me. And no, there was years ago a, a possibility of getting that. It's It's on another road. But no, they said we'd have to be closer to the town. So if you're closer to a village or a town, you don't need one. Because the lights are already of course, there. Of course. So, I mean, there's nothing at all from the local property tax. So, you're paying your property tax, but you're not benefiting in any way, no is what benefit you're saying, at all in any shape or form. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if we're near a village, they're putting in all new footpaths. You might drive to villages and see new footpaths going in. I don't have any problem with them going in at yes. all. But I'm just saying that we get absolutely nothing for it. And with regard to the 12 viewers a week, it's minuscule, to be quite honest. You know, it doesn't have any impact because my husband has um, is celiac as well. So I have to go and get the more expensive uh, of course, yes. uh, foods. And, you know, they're an extra burden on the on the food bill. But, um, yeah. you know, I think it was a budget that was thought out to, you know, appease the madding crowd because the situation is that we're living in times of austerity. But I have a huge problem with Pascal Donho not bringing in a windfall tax. You know... Uh, this is on the energy companies who have made such yeah, huge, huge profits. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because really and truly, he said he's waiting for other European countries. We're islanders. And the situation is, why not lead by example? Why not be the first one and say, listen, we're going to bring in the windfall tax and let the others follow? <laughs> It's interesting. It the, of money. the opposition making the the point that you know, twenty twenty three, we don't know really what's coming up. There's a, there's a complete lack of certainty as to how our finances uh, will will work out for us. Is is that an issue for you, Kate? You, you just don't know, really, I suppose. Yes, but the uncertainty for the government. What is it like then for the individual who is a carer in the home? Well, it's very hard. Twenty four seven. Yeah, we don't know what energy cost is going to be. No. Like, how no, do you getting, heat your home, by the way, Kate? Do you mind oh, my asking? We, we have kerosene in the tank. Yeah, it's, it's oil, oil. Right, so there's been no help for that at all. No. And, no. and that's gone through the roof in terms of yeah. cost. Yeah, oil and uh, we have um, stove, solid fuel with coal. Right. And that's gone through the roof as it well. It is indeed, yeah. But now we have at least... What we didn't have before, we have the fuel allowance, whatever that will bring. But it is only going to begin for us in uh, January. So I think we're going to probably miss out on the €400 bonus uh, payment because I don't think they give money retrospective at all. Right. Um, And I mean, 
the energy company there that I mentioned, um, Electric Ireland, 390 million they made in the six months. But of course, I can understand that they can't really cap the. the, the, the I've seen that, that they can't cap the. Yeah, because you uh, wouldn't the, know what, what that cost yeah, could run to. Companies, yes. yeah. Everybody could zoom in on it mm. and, you know, take, take uh, advantage of it. But at the same time, I hope they're looking, you know, to see that with rises coming. And definitely that is going to happen. We will have more um, uh, increases in energy prices. So I hope they will be able to address that with more payments if needs be. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Well, they have a rainy day fund of $2 billion, and maybe they can pull from that if necessary. Kate, it's really good to talk to you today, and thank you for that. And, and I hope that, you know, the other the situation is with, with family carers. I hope that, you know, that they will be able to keep their loved ones from nursing homes and that more will have benefited from the fuel allowance because I've put them, uh, uh, I've told them, those that have contacted me, hmm. uh, that we're going to be faced with nursing home accommodation uh, to see if they've gotten the, I don't know yet if they have the fuel allowance or not. Okay. And Richie Millay is brilliant there. He's a great ambassador, as I said. And uh, the the carers, the family carers of Ireland need to be listened to because they're in association with a lot of members like myself. Okay, well, we'll put that to the tarnished in just a few moments' time. Good to talk to you, Kate, and thanks very much indeed for your time uh, today. We'll take a break. Uh, back in just a moment. The Imro Radio Award-winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today 067 24111 or Welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Now, a huge amount of text and uh, WhatsApp coming into us. Let me bring you some of that. Uh, the Minister said that people under the median uh, income threshold will be entitled to the GP uh, visit card. Uh, what is that income? Says a puzzled listener. Well, we'll be speaking to the Taunchta and we'll see if we can get some clarity on that for you as well. Uh, Richie is so right. Why should a payment be means tested when you have to work uh, for it? I'm also a big believer that those on social welfare need to be investigated as to why they don't work. The dole should be at least €100 euro more for somebody on example a CE scheme and much less for those that avoid work deliberately, says Dave, who's in uh, Templemore today. Ah, the snowflakes, Fran, are out moaning and groaning as always, it says here. Uh, they got bonuses and a rise in social welfare and they're like Oliver Twist. Please, sir, could I have some more? Uh, they're lucky to get what they got. Yours truly, says Anne-Marie, who was this morning. Will you put me into the draw as well? We will indeed, Anne-Marie, and thank you for that. Um, hospitality have increased their prices astronomically, Fran, uh, since uh, COVID in this country. I worked in the travel industry in America. And as Elizabeth and Alan said about uh, uh, America and the taxes, they put what's called a room tax on hotel rooms. But this tax is used for the tourist uh, information centres and also for the promotion 
of different states, it says here as well. Lots more coming in on that. But right now, I'm glad to be uh, joined by the Tonishta, Leo Vradkar. Uh, Tonishta, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome indeed. Good to talk to you today. Um, if well, I know we have limited time with you, so can I launch straight in? The opposition, they've said that, you know, there are positives to Budget 2023, but they see this as a missed opportunity and that there's little certainty for people in 2023. What, what would you say to that? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's very hard to give people certainty in what is a rapidly changing situation. Um, we uh, came through the pandemic and um, after a few months plunged into a new crisis uh, in part uh, because of the war in Ukraine which has had uh, a very severe impact on energy prices and is one of the reasons why inflation is going up. So it is hard to give people uncertainty in an uncertain world but I hope what we've done in the budget is to give people a bit more confidence. Uh, it is a cost of living budget. Um, it will put more money back in your pockets, whether it's by um, reducing income tax or whether it's by uh, increasing pension and welfare payments. Um, it's also going to bring down the cost of some things that the government has influence over, like the cost of childcare, public transport, uh, the free school books will save money for parents of children in primary school, um, also uh, improvements to third level grants. So, um, you know, it is a budget that is designed to help people uh, to cushion the blow of what are uh, some very high and rising prices. Sinn Féin still uh, pushing the notion of uh, capping the energy costs, that this at least would have given some form of certainty there. What, why exactly do you choose not to do that? But something we'd be very nervous about doing. Um, what that would mean is setting a cap on the price of energy and the government saying that it's willing to pay the difference to the energy companies no matter what that difference is. Um, and to me, it reminds me of contracts for difference and the Anglo-Irish Bank and the bank guarantee, you know, would be the government essentially saying that we're going to give people certainty by signing a blank cheque. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that does give people certainty because there is no certainty if you may, might not be able to afford what you're promising to do. Uh, so all all the countries have gone down this road, though. Well, well, very few have, actually. Like The UK is doing it, and mm. <laughs> you see what's happening there and, and what's unfolding there, um, which uh, is quite worrying with the Bank of England responding mm. to that risk with big hikes in interest rates and everything that means for people. Um, some countries have done it, but in a very limited way. They, they said that we'll cap the use of electricity up to a certain amount, um, but not, uh, you know, not a kind of a, a, a blanket. Um, right, so you're cap. saying there's not certainty even in that then? Is that, is that the point you're making? Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think saying to somebody that we'll cap the price of energy and we'll pay the difference no matter what is certainty. It's the illusion of certainty. Like, how can you be certain about something you can't cost? Nobody's a crystal ball. Nobody knows how much... Um, energy prices are going to rise and just to say that we you know we'll pay the difference ultimately with taxpayers money no matter what that's risky and i don't think it gives people certainty actually it might be the illusion of certainty but it's not certainty in the real world remember the bank guarantee that's what the bank guarantee was going to do but uh, it turned out very different when those liabilities were called on indeed it did we have that rainy day fund now what is it is about two billion or so that will probably have to be dipped into next year would it not well, that's not the plan. Um, we've set aside uh, $2 billion into the reserve fund um, last night and plan to put another $4 billion into, into it um, 
uh, next year and we have other contingency funds as well um, but they're there for uh, contingencies and it is an unpredictable scenario we have to keep things under review but uh, certainly um, that isn't the plan Right but when the one-off payments are finished I mean you know depending on where we are at that point it certainly is a is a possibility well, the good thing about the, the energy payments is um, they do run into next year. So the first one falls before Christmas, mm. €200 Euros off your bill, and then the next two are off subsequent bills uh, into the new year. So, you know, very much designed to get us through the, the winter period, particularly when energy bills are the highest. We put it out to listeners that you were going to chat to me today, and I'd like to reflect some of their concerns. We've been talking to carers quite a lot over the last uh, while. Um, no means test on carers' allowances, what they're, they're, they're looking for why why can't that be possible well we do have something called the carer support grant and that is not means tested um, and that's paid every year to carers who do such valuable uh, work and such important work in our society um, and there is going to be a, an additional payment of that between now and Christmas uh, so that's about 500 euros into carers pockets uh, before the Christmas period as well as a double uh, payment of the carers allowance so Hopefully that will help uh, with the cost of living for people who are caring for others. Um, the CARES allowance itself, it is a social welfare payment. Um, it, and like most social welfare payments, it is means tested and it is designed to keep people out of poverty. So when it was first established, uh, it was there recognising that carers can't apply for the job seekers benefit because they aren't able to take up full-time work because they're caring. And it is designed as a welfare payment. Um, it's not designed uh, as a payment for employment and employment is, is a different thing you know it involves contracts right, but, involves but it doesn't take into account that most of these carers are working 24-7 you know with, with little respite uh, th- th- that is true um, and like I say it is it is a welfare payment um, uh, if it was an employment payment we would be in a very different scenario and you'd have to very dif- very different rules about that. But I think one of the things we can do for carers that is important is improving respite services so that they do get a break. It is important that carers get a break. And you'll know that the announcement made by Minister Humphreys, which is that, um, uh, which is the, um, uh, these changes to the pension system so that uh, more carers can qualify for the full state pension without a means test when they retire. And we'll better recognise the contribution that they made throughout their throughout their, their working lives, working as carers, essentially. The 12-year rise in social welfare payments, I mean, you mentioned Minister Humphreys there. It, it seems to have emerged this morning that you've had some disagreement with it. You, you would have preferred more money. You would have preferred €15 of a rise in, in social welfare payments yourself. Well, negotiations at budget time are private, as you know. Um, what always happens at the end is you have to add up all the demands and all of the things that you want to do and make them fit into what is a limited budget even in a country that uh, has um, is a very wealthy country like Ireland um, you have to stay within a certain budget and that's what we did you know I think any minister uh, or any party in the government could point to areas where they would have liked to have done more um, but ultimately uh, to do more in one area means doing less in the other and you have to get the numbers to balance in the end a 12 year increase uh, per week is significantly up on the kind of increases people would have seen in the past. Um, you know, right. But not near enough to even stay steady with inflation and cost of living the way it is. I, I'm not sure that's that's 
That's true. You know, I've heard people saying that in order to keep up with inflation, you'd need an increase of 20 euros a week. And, and um, more, yeah. But bear in mind that 12 euros a week isn't the end of the story. You know, a lot more people are going to qualify for fuel allowance, for example. We'll all know of people who were just a little above the income limit for fuel allowance. They've been improved, particularly for pensioners, but not just for pensioners. So uh, more people will qualify from that. Uh, if you're, uh, if you've got children to look after and you're on social welfare, there'll be an additional increase there as well. And then, of course, there's the, the double payment that's going to fall in only a few weeks' time. Um, that's the equivalent of an extra five euros a week if you were to annualise it. So when you take it all in the round, you, you know, it is um, 20 euros a week, except that we front-loaded it into the next few months, recognising the pressures that people are under now. Uh, again, to reflect some of the concerns of our listeners, I mean, we know the huge financial strain of looking after Ukrainian refugees over 50,000, I think, is the figure now being housed here in Ireland. How much has been allocated in the budget for, for their care? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not clear about that. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember, remember the, exact, the exact figure. Um, and there is a contingency set aside as well for Ukraine, recognising that uh, people are still fleeing Ukraine and some are still coming to the country. Um, this is a wartime situation, uh, 5 million. Um, People have left Ukraine. 1% of those have made the way to Ireland, about 50,000, and we're doing our best to look after them as best we can. But, and we but you don't have a figure on that, that, do you? There, there, is, there is a figure, but I don't, I don't have it to hand. Right, OK. And are we getting any help where that cost is concerned? I mean, or is that strictly out of our own coffers? It's it's from from our own funds. Um, we we do we can draw on European funds for some things, as you know. Um, but overall, we contribute now to the European budget. So, uh, you know, any help that we get uh, at a European level, um, generally speaking, is money that we've contributed to the budget in the first place. We are a relatively wealthy country by international and European standards. Right, but from well, what we hear on this program all of the time is that people are struggling very badly out there. But I'm sure you'd agree with that as well. Absolutely, two, yeah. two quick things because I know that you're under pressure this morning. But doctors have warned that plans to give the GP visit card to 430,000, the budget will lead to absolute chaos on top of an an already chaotic situation. I mean, we we have that in Tipperary all of the time. You just can't get hold of a GP. You can't get an appointment for days on end. Um, this really wasn't thought out, was it? Oh, it has been thought through. Um, but did you speak to back. GPs on this? Yeah, there has been an engagement with the IMO, which represents GPs, um, both around the Solange Care Plan, which includes a plan for extending free GP care to more people based on income. Mm. And, of course, the government passed a law, or the Oireachtas passed a law only a few years ago to extend free GP care to people under 12. So there have been discussions with the IMO about this. Right, but um, where, where are the GPs? Uh, you know, the practices are overloaded as it is. Well, I think it's important to say that GPs are uh, individual contractors, so it's not the same as negotiating, would say, with teachers or with nurses, where mm. there's a negotiation and then a vote, and the majority have to accept the outcome. That's not how it works. GPs are, are independent practitioners, and ultimately, they can choose to accept contracts or, or not. Um, I know it doesn't always feel like that from their side, because sometimes they feel under pressure to do so. Um, but what the Minister of Health will do now is engage again with the representative organisations, see how we can help in terms of additional funding for practices, for practice nurses, for example. Um, they can really help to alleviate the workload in practices. Uh, and as you know, we have been 
increasing the number of GP trainees quite significantly. Um, not that long ago, it was only 120, 150 GPs trained per year, up to 250 now, plan to go up to 350. Now, and we do need them, of course, because we have a rising population and uh, a lot of GPs due to retire in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Well, certainly where Tipperary is concerned, I have to tell you, we just can't seem to get uh, GPs here. What is the criteria for that, or what will eventually be the criteria for that, for the GP visit card? So what we've um, got agreement on in the Oireachtas is to extend it to uh, children uh, under 12. It's already there for children under 6 to extend it, extend it to children under 12. And also um, we want to cover people up to the median income. So, you know, people on the average income uh, of the state and below. But we absolutely appreciate this can't be done uh, in one go. Uh, it's going to have to be uh, done in stages. Um, and yeah. that's the intention. Two two quick things, if you would. Deputy Matthew McGraw was on our news this morning. He says you've abandoned the tourism industry, a reference, of course, to the uh, extension of the 9% only until uh, February. We had Liz Nallen from the Manella Hotel in Clamel on with us to say express their disappointment on the on this. Um, you you've abandoned them, really, haven't you? I, I no, and I hope I hope people don't don't feel that way. Um, been to the Manella Hotel, great hotel, uh, and one of the nicest spots in Tipperary. Actually, had a, a party. Uh, thinking there not too long ago. Um, what we're doing is we're extending that concessionary VAT rate uh, along with a number of other things until the end of February, um, which uh, at least gives some certainty up, up until then. And we're also bringing in this energy scheme to help uh, businesses, including hospitality businesses, with the cost of their electricity and gas, up to 10000 a month in electricity and gas subsidies uh, designed to help those businesses, but most importantly designed to uh, protect employment of people who work in those businesses too. Uh, but we appreciate that um, the industry is going to be under pressure um, and uh, we will keep things under review. And what does that mean, uh, that you might review the 9% again after February? I, you know, I, I can't make that commitment um, here. Uh, you know, the decision of government is clear and that is that the 9% rate is extended until the end of February and is due to go back up again in March. Uh, finally, if you would, Tonish, uh, that 10% levy uh, to be introduced on the concrete blocks um, and the pouring concrete, that took people by, by surprise. I mean, you know, you have to uh, get funding somewhere for the Mika mess. Um, but uh, will this not be passed on to people who are trying to build a home or extend a home? Or You know, ultimately, we are going to have to find money to repair all those um, homes that have Mike in them and Pyrite before that. Uh, and there are a lot of people living in our towns and cities who are in apartments that have defects as well. Uh, so we will be making those repairs and fixing those houses over a prolonged period of time over a number of years um, and there's a cost associated with that so you have to find the money somewhere and we thought that the most appropriate way to do it uh, is to uh, put a levy on the construction industry. Uh, some of that will result in reduced profits for those companies. Um, but you know, Well, it no, it, it's just going to be passed on to the people who are building a home. I think it might might be in part, but you know, if we paid for it out of another mechanism, uh, say we paid for it out of VAT or we paid for it out of income tax, it's the same people buying that home who would pay for it too in another way. It, it is unfortunately the reality of the world we live in uh, is that if the government, if the state decides to take on the cost of something like repairing um, defective apartments or defective homes, the cost of that falls on the people um, inevitably. Somebody back on to me about the Ukrainian refugees and saying two billion was a figure that was put out yesterday. Is that, is that correct? 
uh, that was a figure that we'd set aside. I, I think think for last year, the figure for this year may be different. But I don't want to. I don't don't to don't want to. It's an enormous sum exactly of money, right. isn't it? It is, and you know we have to provide accommodation for people who've come uh, to Ireland from Ukraine, uh, and we also have to provide um, you know basic income for them as well through social welfare. But bear in mind, a lot of Ukrainians now are working. Um, you know, I, I know some. Uh, one is staying with me at the moment, uh, and she's um, she's taken up employment. And I think you will find a lot of Ukrainians. If they have English, if they have qualifications, we need to help them with their English as well. Uh, they will take up, up employment. And at a time when people are struggling to get staff in retail and hospitality, uh, in a lot of the professions, um, you will see a lot of Ukrainians, if they choose to stay, taking up those roles uh, and becoming taxpayers themselves. So I think that needs to be taken into account as well. Tanishu, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Good morning to Thank you. you. That's the Tanishu Leo Radkar speaking to us there. 1800 the text and WhatsApp is 083 311 If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. The Imro Radio Award-winning TIP Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. All right, lots of questions uh, for the Tonish on top of what I asked him, but we had limited time. In fact, um, we, ran, we ran way over the time that we were allotted uh, to chat to him uh, today. Uh, 083 311 uh, Willie joins me now. Willie, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, and good to talk to you, Willie. Uh, budget 2023. What what did you make of it all? Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose any budget depends on your point of view. So it's a bit like the cure at Vegas, they say, so it's good, good in part, depends <laughs> yes. on where you are. But look, I suppose it's bizarre to hear people come out and say, there's nothing in this for me, there's nothing in this for me, there's nothing in this for me. And they convinced themselves of that. But, like, prime time was on last night, and I actually recorded and watched the back of it mm. when the lads were gone to bed. There was an accountant on there, a senior accountant from KPMG, which is one of the primary accountancy firms in the country. So I think we can take it for granted the man can add, like, the basics. Like, and he went through the scenario. He says, like, an ordinary family on a, on a lowish wage, 21,000, we're getting 2,500 euros directly from this. So that's not accounting for the ESP payments and various things. That's just taxation and welfare payments and whatnot. You know, a, sing, a single... Single person earning up to forty thousand was getting two and a half thousand. Family on two earning seventy five thousand. Two two earners were getting two and a half thousand. Like people convinced themselves and they got nothing. I mean, it's hard to. Can you please anybody these days? I suppose is the answer to the question. And so overall, what you're saying to me, I suppose, is that you know people were looked after, but are they not appreciating it? Is that is that the point you're you're making with? Look, I suppose there is a lot of technical detail and it does take time to sink in like but like a senior accountant from KPMG knows the basics of math like you have to say you know regardless of your political opinion or your or your opinion on this that or the other this is what the brass tax there is, is four, two and two equals four I mean you just can't argue with the maths of it but people will convince themselves they got nothing because there's this mess 
disbelief or mass delusion or mass anger about everything. It's just hard to know how you can please anybody. But I presume you would you would accept, Willie, that people are struggling. I mean, the cost of living has gone through the roof. And if you're depending on, on a pension or mm-hmm. limited mm-hmm. earnings or whatever, you know. Yeah, well, they went through that too. And they said, like, a standard family, and I presume by that to mean two adults, two kids, whatever it yeah. is, on a social welfare, was getting 1,700 euros straight off. Mm. For for nothing, for not, you know, just 1,700 euros, there you are. I worked in a lot of jobs, fan over the years. No one offered me a pay, pay rise of 1,700 euros. There you go, off you get. You know, I think I think the penny dropped here that the, the squeeze middle, the, the average earner, the working family, who qualify for nothing, mm. who get no school books or back to school or allowance on this, that or the other, everything comes out in their pocket. I think the penny has dropped with whether it is senior financial people or civil servants or government departments or what it is that they need they need this this dig out they need and they got a fair bit they got you know an increase in the tax bans an increase in everything else low and much higher before they hit the, t- the high tax rates they got a fair a fair handout i mean they have kids in college maybe they're getting a thousand euro off the fees mm. it's important important to point out about that one thousand euro though, that that's mm-hmm. only that's only for next year willie that's yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but look, I think he, a bank Pascal Donna made the made the point. They weren't spending the house here. They are holding back. They don't know what may come down the line, and they're holding something in reserve. And I think that's a fairly prudent. I mean, look, regardless of your opinion of this government or that government, if the money wasn't there, they could do nothing. Mm. And Not what exactly. what do you say to Sinn Fein and opposition uh, spokespeople who are saying that you know it was an opportunity wasted in that we don't have certainty for next year with, with energy costs, for example, Willie? Yeah, but look, Fran. I mean, you can write anything you want on paper, and and you can go back, and it doesn't matter whether it's Sinn Fein or any other opposition party back over the years. The 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 the, the answer to any any budget speech is nearly identical. Just change the date. Or oh, we'd have done more, and we'd have done this, and we'd have done that. This, it's like writing a blank check that you know will never be cashed. They haven't stand over one single iota. Never have to honour it. Never have to do it. Never have to find a penny anywhere to pay for any of it. It's easy to write those things on paper and trot them out there in the media. They don't mean anything. Not a thing. They never have to honour any of it. It's like the famous story about Jack Charlton long ago. He paid for everything by cheque because he knew half the people wouldn't cash him. They'd put it up on the mantelpiece behind the bear. <laughs> I've seen them up, in fact. I've seen them up. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be um, interesting. What did, I'm not sure if you got a chance to listen to Leo Radcar there, did you? I missed some of it now. I was actually yeah. driving and I was in and out of course. town. And I missed, of course, I missed yeah. Um, no, I was just wondering what your take on, on that uh, was because he was, saying, he was saying that hopefully they won't have to dip into that uh, rainy day fall. Mm-hmm. next year but a lot of um, uh, spectators saying that you know well p- probably it will have to be dipped into they may they may look we don't know I mean we have a madman in Europe at the moment creating a war we just don't know nobody can, you know, crystal ball stuff to say what we might have to do what we might not have to do we just don't know mm. I mean go back over a number of years and as I said the point if the money wasn't there you could do nothing the money is there because I think Fair, look, no, no organisation, no individual, no government, no, 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 no one gets it all right. They all make mistakes and they all have done things they might do differently in hindsight. But I think they've made a good fist of it and the economy and the money is there to help out where it's needed. Like we, we had, we had Brexit four or five years of it. We had the COVID two or three years of it. You came out of that. We're straight into a war in Europe. 
all of this has been coming down the line internationally, not of our own doing. And every single part of it had the potential to wipe us out, to undermine us completely, to wipe out jobs, employment. If that had been managed badly, where would we be? We wouldn't have eleven billion. Well, we spend well, okay, but don't don't right. forget now how propped up we are by by the corporation tax. You know, and totally, that's, that's, totally, that's, yeah. You know, yeah. it's important to make that point. And one of our listeners, <laughs> I wonder what you make of this. One of our listeners says Willie sounds like he's very cushy for money himself. Friend, I'm an ordinary worker. I can assure you, the top the top tax band isn't troubling me at the moment. You're not you're not living off your millions or anything, Willie. No, you? no, sadly, no. But no, I can, I can assure you, I'm not. I'm out there now. We're dosing a few cattle and whatnot, and that's the way of the world. We all get by. Yeah. Get by. So from from the farming point of view, I mean, what just just briefly, what what did you make of that? Look, up and down, yeah, I think look, the environmental challenges are facing us all. Mm. They are they are trying and they, they have put something in place. I mean, I know from, it, it wouldn't affect me, I'm not in milk, but I know from people they are facing serious ESP bills where yeah. your refrigeration, no more than the shops and businesses and all that, and there is something there to help with the, the, the energy costs. Look, you can't solve every problem, you can't please everybody. It was a fairly broad attempt to do the best they could for right. as many people as they could. And I think we have to be honest about it and admit that. All right, Willie. Uh, well done. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, you friend. No you now that's uh, Willie with his... Uh with his contribution this morning, the cured egg, he says, good in places. News and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on, you can't beat experience. With over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. Oh six seven two four one 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 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage. Puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and uh, welcome back to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. 1800-938-007. We have that prize for you as well in association with our great friends at the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel. They have a marvellous fitness centre there and we're giving away four months membership. So it's a nice prize, that's uh, for sure. Now, it's based on your interaction with us by text, um, whether you're sort of joining in our conversations or if you want to bring up something brand new. But if you want to get involved in the competition, put Jim, G-Y-M, at the end of your your text or your WhatsApp and we'll pop you in to the draw. Now, membership uh, means that you can avail of their fitness classes, multi-award winning gym, the swimming pool, the sauna, the jacuzzi and the steam room and uh, lots uh, more indeed. So it's a nice prize indeed. And at the moment, there's a great bargain uh, going because you can have uh, four months leisure membership for the price of three. It's a nice one. The Talbot Hotel in Clanmill. Mixed reaction to uh, my chat with uh, Leo Radkar. Uh, today, some people feeling a little patronised. In fact, a couple of listeners on to us to say that. Anyway, we spoke to Pat in the first... We're on air every morning, of course, from 9 o'clock. We spoke to Pat in the first hour. He didn't have much sympathy for the hospitality sector who felt uh, hard done by in this year's budget. Here's a little of what he had to say. The hospitality sector yesterday were complaining that the fact that the 9% is going to go in the, in the beginning of, of next year. Yeah. Right? 
morning just after nine o'clock with his uh, reaction to the concerns of the hospitality industry. All right then, uh, every fortnight around this time we catch up with the Gardaí to uh, find out what's been happening around the county. Sergeant Declan O'Carroll is the sergeant in charge of Nina Garda Station and joins me now. Declan, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. Um, last Friday to the Clanmill area, if we could first of all, uh, the there was a presentation of centenary medals, Declan. Yes, Fran, uh, last Friday saw the presentation of centenary medals to retired members of Garda Shikona, serving members and to families of deceased members which served or are serving in Clonmel Garda District. Um, Chief Superintendent Smart presided over the ceremony, which hosted a huge turnout. The presentation of medals was an acknowledgement and thanks to members old and new for their service in Garda Shikona and in particular to their service uh, to the people in Clonmel, Kilsheel and Mullinahone. Better than Carrick and Shore. It's part of the 100 year anniversary of the founding of Vangarda Shikona. Very good indeed. People will be happy to know that the drugs unit in Clanmel has had some uh, good success. Yes, um, the drugs unit in Clanmel have had some very good success since uh, Garda, our Sergeant Kelly spoke to you last, Fran. Mm. Um, they've had five cases under investigation for drugs for sale or supply is involved. They have seized tablets, um, MDMA, which is commonly known as ecstasy, cocaine, cam- cannabis and diamorphine, commonly known as heroin. All of these cases, depending on the values and analysis, uh, we will expect these persons to be in court soon. And Fran, there was 13 additional cases of what's known as simple possession of drugs, uh, which were noted also in the last two weeks across Carrick and Shore, Frederick and Clonmel. The Guardian Clonmel, Declan, they're investigating an assault on a bus driver? Yes, this is a very bad assault that occurred. Um, the Guardian Clonmel are investigating this assault that ha- happened on a bus driver. It occurred after 8pm on Sunday evening, the 18th of September, in the Thomas Street area of Clonmel. A disturbance broke out on the bus and a number of people were spoken to by the bus driver. One of the persons punched the bus driver. We were asking anyone who was on the bus or anyone who witnessed the bus driver being assaulted to contact Guardian Clonmel and are anxious to solve this crime and bring the offending person uh, to justice. My God, it's it's terrible, isn't it? Uh, a burglary, you have some news for us, near near Feathered, I think, Declan. Yes, a burglary occurred, occurred at Baptist Grange, Feathered, in the early hours of last Sunday morning, the 25th of September. Thankfully, the owner of the shed, uh, the door of which was forced, had the house and shed alarmed, uh, which meant that the culprit uh, appears to have left empty-handed. Not only uh, does this show the importance of having an alarm, but uh, the importance of always setting it yeah. to... We'd like to speak to anyone who saw anything or anyone acting suspiciously in the Baptist Grange area feathered between 2 and 3 a.m. last Sunday morning. Another burglary, this time in the Tanner's Rath area. Yes, the Tanner's Rath area of Clanmel. Unfortunately, this time the culprits were more successful. Again, a shed was entered into overnight, uh, the 24th into the 25th of September, so Saturday night into Sunday morning last. On this occasion, a red Honda quad bike was stolen, along with a seven... Um, what's known as pigtail fencing posts, uh, reel of black fencing and other small items. We we're glad to say that the quad bike was discovered in a field in the Clonmel, Clonmel area, but we would still like to hear from anyone who can help us um, with this burglary. Um, it's mindless vandalism in the in the GAA dugout on the Western Road. Yeah. Yes, um, obviously any damage to any public community or the GAA, it, 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 it 
the Costlands back on, on, on members of the GAA club and this was one where the GAA dugout on the Western Road grounds in Clonmel last week uh, were damaged last weekend the side panels of the dugout were ripped off and left to one side this is the type of vandalism that we see from time to time we would like to hear from anyone who can shed some light on this um, on this damage and this incident my god uh, let's move to the Tipperary uh, area if we could then and uh, some students from St Anne's and uh, the Abbey uh, they received some awards Yes, a number of students from St. Alva, St. Anne's and the Abbey CBS Secondary Schools recently received the Tipperary Guarded Divisional Youth Awards. An award was presented to the Tipperary Teens at Risk Project. Uh, we wish to congratulate all winners for the outstanding work they have done uh, for, the, for their communities. The awards were presented to each winner by Chief Superintendent Smart and ceremonies held at each school uh, and at the Youth Project. Oh, well done to everybody involved there. Will you tell me what happened on the 12th of September? Yes, Fran, on 12th of September, a number of threatening incidents were carried out by a lone male over a short period of time at a number of business premises in Tipperary Town. This, male, this man was arrested and detained by Gardaí. Tipperary Gardaí would like to take the opportunity to thank the general public for their assistance in bringing these incidents to a successful uh, conclusion. In Cashel then, Decton, uh, there was an assault. Yes, uh, again an assault in Cashel on the 25th to the 9th. Um, there was a one-punch assault which caused extensive damage uh, injuries to um, the injured party, the man in question. Uh, a man has now been charged with with uh, the offence, the alleged offence. Um, this is being highlighted as the number of assaults occurring fueled by alcohol and drugs appears to be on the rise again. And we would be, be obliged if... Um, it could be uh, highlighted on, on this radio slot. Yeah, of course, yes. And if people can help you out with information there, I presume, Declan, as well. Definitely. Any information would be um, great to get. Yeah, let's move to the Thurless Division now and to Templemore. And there was a couple of searches carried out. Yes, we've had uh, some success from the Divisional Drugs Unit in the Templemore area in the last couple of weeks. Um, this one happened on the 14th to the 9th. Search was carried out in a house, uh, Templemore housing estate where approximately 7,000 euros worth of suspected cannabis and 500 euros of suspected cocaine. Now, that's all subject to analysis, Fran. Um, one, male, one man was arrested and subsequently charged and is currently before the courts and a file will be prepared for the DPP on this, in relation to this case. Now, there was a, a particularly nas- nasty incident uh, that uh, occurred. Uh, what information have you on that? Yes, there was a, an incident that occurred on the 21st of the 9th at lunchtime when a man called to a number of houses in the Turles area purporting to be a member of Angarda Shikana. Uh, if anyone has any doubt in relation to callers, ask for identification and examine it. Don't invite a person into your house if there is any doubt. Unfortunately, on this occasion, items were stolen from an elderly gentleman uh, in the, in the Turles area. Uh, when the man in question went into the house. My God. Yeah, you can't be too careful, can you? Um, to your own area then, to Nina, and again, centenary medals to, to retired members. Yes, again, marking the, the 100 years uh, of uh, the foundation of Angarda Shikana, um Yesterday I saw the presentation of centenary medals to retired members serving members and to families of deceased members um, who served across the Nina Garda district as Superintendent Lacey presided over the ceremony which uh, hosted a very good good turnout. There continues to be an exhibition into the history of Garda Shikana in the Nina district which will go on until the 29th of September. Uh, that's tomorrow, Fran, and mm. all are welcome. That's in the tourist office across the road from the Garda station. And just a special mention to Julie Collins, our little blue hero, who was present at the no- opening event on the 26th. Very good. Um, you have some good news about a bicycle. 
Yes, Fran, a good news story in relation to a very valuable pedal cycle that was stolen from Kenyon Street on the 19th of uh, this month. Um, CCTV was har- harvested and a diligent guard observed a potential uh, suspect on, on Monday gone uh, in Nina. Uh, this man was then arrested um, and later charged with theft of the bike, uh, trespass offences and resisting arrest. Uh, Gardy managed to locate the bike after uh, after the arrest and it has been returned to its grateful owner. Good news indeed. Dangerous driving, Declan. Yes, there was a number of incidents of dangerous driving detected um, across Nina Town uh, on the 25th of the 9th. Uh, there was also a hit-and-run incident that occurred in the early hours of that date. Uh, one man was arrested uh, in relation to offences and uh, charged this Nina District Court with dangerous driving offences in the streets around Nina Town. What happened on the M7? Yes, on the M7 on the 20th of the 9th, a man driving a car on the M7, he failed to stop for Gardaí coming from the Limerick direction. The car was intercepted and stopped by Gardaí near Nina. Gardaí located uh, suspected housebreaking implements in the car and the man was detained at Henry Street Guard Station and questioned in relation to the alleged offences. He was later charged to court and a file will be prepared at, uh, for the DPP in relation to that, that so, matter. Some more public order incidents as well yes, in the uh, town. Yes, Fran, unfortunately, um, on the 21st of the 9th, there was a number of public order incidents in the town. Gardia are investigations are continuing as part of the investigation. Gardia seized a weapon from one man in, uh, during the course of one incident, and a file has been prepared for the DPP on that. To Ross Gray now, and um, there was criminal damage. Uh, yes, uh, Guardian Ross Gray responded to a call in, at an estate in the town on the 20th of the 9th. That happened at approximately 3.30am, where the windows of a house were smashed. The suspects fled in the car and Guardian are seeking anyone that may have any information to contact uh, Ross Gray or Nina Garda station. Right, eggs thrown at a house, Declan. Yes, this is an unfortunate incident, Fran, where eggs were thrown at a house near Nina on the Torres Road on the 21st of the 9th, close to midnight. Gardaí are treating this as criminal damage and are following a line of inquiry in relation to this incident. Gardaí are also investigating an incident of criminal damage that occurred in Pocon on the 25th of the 9th uh, and again are following, following a line of inquiry in relation to that incident. Now, every time we speak, or indeed speak uh, to, to Margaret, we hear about uh, car break-ins. This week is no different, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, this week is no different. There was a number of break-ins to cars in the Silver Mines uh, town or Silver Mines village area on the 20th of the 9th shortly after midnight three cars in all were targeted and a number of men were involved CCTV has been downloaded and it's been ascertained that a dark coloured uh, saloon car was involved um, the men made their escape on, in this car um, some items were stolen unfortunately Fran in these uh, incidents Right uh, Theft from shops Yes, uh, Gardaí are asking shop owners to remain vigilant. There was six thefts from shops uh, reported to Nina Gardaí in the last two weeks. A number of these occurred on the 20th of September in Nina, where two youths uh, were detected shoplifting. Online uh, line fraud, technically, again, we seem to speak about this every time as well, but it's still alive and well, isn't it? Yes, and we speak about it every yeah. uh, every for, uh, fortnight, Fran. Fishing continues to be reported, uh, and your listeners ask to be very wary of online types of fraud. On one occasion this week, a man had nearly €1,000 taken from his account, and there's also been a report of a number of uh, what are known as romance-type frauds. And antisocial behaviour in the town as well? Yes, antisocial behaviour. Guardian Nina District are encouraging business owners and the public to report antisocial behaviour when they see it or come across it. Uh, local Guardian will respond to all calls of this nature as soon as they can. It is important um, that we are made aware of this type of behaviour and will work with the local community to try and resolve it. And just finally, Declan, what happened on St. Collins Road? 
Yes, Fran, uh, another incident where we'd be anxious to to uh, have the property returned to uh, its rightful owner. This incident happened between the 8th and 9th and 24th and 9th on St. Conlon's Road, which is close to Nina Hurlingfield, for anyone unfamiliar with the area. Uh, four four pillar flower pots uh, were, were reported stolen from outside a property. Um, these are very va- valuable to the owner and uh, they have a high monetary value and they are anxi- anxious to reunite them with with the injured party, anyone with any information is asked to contact Nina Garda Station. Declan, we always appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on with me today. Thank you. Good, good morning much, to you. Bye-bye. That's uh, Sergeant Declan O'Carroll there, who is Sergeant in charge of Nina Garda Station. We do that every couple of weeks just to keep you up to speed on what's been happening um, around uh, the county. Helen was on. Uh, lovely compliment, Helen. Thank you for that. Um, but making the point, <laughs> she said... Um, when I heard how much was uh, that it was costing uh, for the people of Ukraine, I nearly lost it, Fran, but I suppose they are displaced uh, people and I must be charitable. That's making reference to the figure that certainly Leo Varadkar didn't deny that it could be costing us around $2 billion, uh, to host uh, the 50,000 uh, Ukrainian uh, refugees at the moment. A lot of people are uh, very surprised at that figure. And I suppose when you consider it, it's probably, what is it? My maths are terrible, but it's about uh, a fifth, I suppose, of the entire budget cost of the 11 uh, billion. Anyway, there you go. 083 The Imro Radio Award winning tip today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie. The Imro Radio Award winning tip today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie. Welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Don't forget, we'll be speaking about gardening towards the end of the programme. So if you have a gardening query, Will you uh, log it with us now, please? 83 311 You can use that opportunity to get involved in our draw for a th- uh, four-month membership of the uh, Leisure Centre at the Talbot Hotel as well. Just put Jim at the end of your contribution. Now, Edwina is a frequent contributor to uh, the show. She is mum of her son who has uh, autism and she joins me now. Edwina, good morning to you. I'm very well indeed, and great to talk to you again, Edwina. You've had time to let it sink in. Um, any any benefits uh, from Budget 2023 for somebody like you, Edwina? Yeah, I was kind of, I was sitting down yesterday. I gave a couple of hours working out what it's going to mean for us at home. And yes. It, it's like, we're just saying, it's it, like, it's going to be about a thousand euros extra between now and Christmas, between they are given um, a double... Uh, payment, hmm. like say your your carers payment, you have the um, so the five hundred euro lump sum, haven't you? That five hundred euro lump sum. Yeah. The, um, say you get the Christmas bonus and you get an extra one hundred and forty. You know, for the child benefit. Yes. So we're saying, like, just for one child, I only like in my house, it's hmm. about a thousand euros extra, which is unbelievable. You know, like hmm. that's a huge amount of money for money for anybody. But it just, at the same time, I just kind of said to myself, I was like, you know, we still have, like, the carbon tax has gone up. Like, so our fuel, like, say, at the pump, maybe not. 
but certainly like in terms of heating your home, the electricity prices seem to be out of control. We have absolutely no certainty on like what our ESB bill is going to be. We're going to get two bills between now and Christmas. So the 200 euro credit, you know, will disappear very, very quickly um, with that. And I was just saying like for next year, you know, I think I get an extra 14 euros a week. Um, but my husband gets a euro. Aren't we lucky? A euro. How a will euro. you spend it, Edwina? Will you I, sit I up at night and plan know. it? And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like an extra fifteen euros a week. I mean, like well. you know, you think about fifteen euros and how much that, like, say, a, a tank of of petrol is costing me now, and what it's going to cost me in January, and I. There's different thinking on this, but between 20 and 27, they think you'd need to have every week extra just to stay on par yeah. with uh, with uh, the yeah. cost of living and with inflation yeah. as well. Yeah, so. I mean, I was talking to somebody in the shop today and he was saying that meat is going up against tomorrow. Wow. So, I mean, you know, like that's just that's just meat. And I mean, like my husband works for a transport company. I understand, you know, that the cost of transport is just astronomical yeah. now at the yeah. moment with diesel. And, you know, I understand that it's costing them more. I know one company in Tipperary that have, have folded, um, you know, because they can't afford to keep going with the price of insurance and with the price of diesel, you know. And I'm sure like that's happening everywhere. It's happening with the bus, the school bus transport situation, you know, so... I can understand, but it just it makes it very, very hard um, for carers. And I did think that we would actually get, you know, that we would get something now telling us that after Christmas, really, you know, how we're we supposed to survive the winter. You yeah, know? like, you know, when those one-off payments stop, you're still yeah. going to be in a situation of inflation. You're still going to be yeah. in a situation of huge cost of living increases yeah. because we're that's what we can expect into next year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, like... You know, anyone who is care who is a full time care, nobody is 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 like you know you're not you're not rich. You know, if you're full time care, I'm a full time care. I'm on call twenty four seven with my son, mm. and if I'm not if I'm ill, my husband is there. So you know, it, it's just you know why why aren't we entitled to the fuel allowance? You know why aren't carers entitled to a to the fuel allowance? I mean that would be something. That yes. at least you could say, right, okay, well, look, you know, it's not a lot of money, but I mean, it would help towards, you know, heating your home. And I mean, many, many carers are caring for people who are reliant on electricity for different devices. Um, you know, like they have CPAP machines, they have um, oxygen machines, they have um, heist. You know, there's a lot of things that children are, like, are dependent on. And, and we forget that at times, Edwina. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't. You can't see well. I'm turning off the lights here, or I'm turning off your machine for an hour. You know, it just it just doesn't work. You know, and are are you affected by the means test on on the carers allowance? On the means, no, we're not. No. Okay. We're not. Um, no, we're, we're not. Um, thankfully, like as I said, the the means the means test for the carers allowance is like you have it's seven fifty. Mm. So I like I mean. Mm. <laughs> You, you, you love, wish, wouldn't you love, wish. Wouldn't we love to have that money, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, as I said, like it just, and in terms of the health budget, like was glossed over last night mm. and I couldn't believe it. You know, like there's there's one million people waiting on, on a list and there is like 100,000 children waiting on a list. 
Yeah, and, and, and Minister McGrath yesterday, I mean, I couldn't help but be annoyed with him talking about the resilience of the health service and how yeah. wonderful they were and stuff. I mean, we still have people on trolleys. We have a total lack of services. Um, you know, I don't know what that was about. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, talking about, oh, an extra 6,000 staff and that's for building on the last two years of recruitment. Like, I mean, you know, do they, do they think people are genuinely stupid? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's over eight, there's 800, last count was 882 consultant jobs that were empty at the moment. Absolutely. They're yeah. jobs that are building year on year that aren't being built. You know, like, say, 700 last year or the year before. You know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, like, the only people that are, they're able to recruit are healthcare assistants and administrative staff because we're not seeing it in terms of waiting lists. You know, I mean, there was no mention of the National Treatment Purchase Fund yesterday. Mm. And I really thought that that should be something that be, because that is, that would really help people, um, you know, in terms of the waiting list, because if you're waiting more than two years, you'd be entitled to get care somewhere else. Um, and I just think that that is, at the moment, that really is the only solution to, to, to the waiting list at the moment. Like, the recruitment issue, Nobody wants to work for the HSE. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting as well about the extra GP cards. 430,000. But, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to get a, a doctor if you don't already have one. Now, Fran, you might be able to answer this to me, or some of your listeners might be able to answer this. Mm. Is there anything to stop a GP opting out of the general medical scheme, just like the doctor, the dentist did? That's a very good question. I, I don't know. I, because they're essentially sole business people, I, I would imagine there'd be no problem if they wanted to opt out, opt out of it. Because that's what's going to happen. Do you think so? It is not, it is, it, it's a certainty, Fran. Unless there is some legal, you know, obligation there that they have to see some money. Like, I, I, you know, it's just not going to be economically viable. Yeah, but they, did, they didn't even it, have proper discussion. With, with I mean, GPs that's the same way the transport. <laughs> with the school <laughs> transport, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They they so, made it free on top of a chaotic situation, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I decided, like one thing I did see yesterday in terms of of special education was they, um, they uh, they're going to add additional uh, staff into the SNAs. Yeah. yeah, no, wait first. <laughs> the NCSE, um, so they're going to give additional staff to that. Like, I mean, they needed that. That's something that they've been uh, like severely understaffed mm. for the last number of years. Um, there just is such a huge demand now, and like, it's the the amount of staff they had was actually pitiful, friends, pitiful. Um, you know, so that's amazing. That's, what do you say to Willie, who was on with me before eleven? I'm not sure if you heard him, but he said, you know, all in all, it's a bit of the cured egg about it, but largely. It, you know, they tried to do their best for as many people as they could. I don't, to be honest, I don't, I would have an issue. I really would have an issue with that. It sounds, it, it's all, it, like, there's all for no underpants. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, there's absolutely no substance to the, to the, like, you know, they throw out these numbers, like the, the, um, the the uh, 300 and say like they have an extra I can't remember exactly it was another 1100 SNAs mm, but when yes. you when you bring it out it, when you bring it down that um, when that so many there's 370 new classes that's going to take 740 I think uh, of the SNAs so what it means is that 
there will be 454 new SNAs to cover over 4,000 schools. So roughly one one school in every 10 might get an SNA next year. All right, so when you drill down into the detail, Edwina, is that what you're saying to me, that it becomes... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Uh, mean, like children... Children with, a dis- with any kind of learning difficulty are really, really suffering in mainstream schools. I hear it every week, Fran. Absolutely horrific stories of, of children suffering in, in, um, in primary and main- mainstream school. Like, it just, unless you're in a unit, you're, you're, you know, and there doesn't seem to be any help. I mean, 454 SNAs to go across 4,000 schools. You know, that's, you know, yeah. like how how is that going to improve the lives of children with disabilities? How is that going to imp- you know, and for the teachers and the educators, how is that going to improve their lives? You know, it's it's just it's all, you know, there's just no substance in it. There just isn't, you know. And again, like you know, eleven million for the assessment need. That money is not going to be spent in the health service. That money is given to private companies because they have a backlog of over 2,500 children who require a legal assessment and need. So the only reason why there's 11 million bin associates being allocated to that is because they legally have to. And it's going into the private companies, into their pockets, because the HSE do not have the capacity to do it themselves. It's incredible. It's, it's just, yeah. You see, to hear from people like you and Kate and Tara and all the people who spoke to us over the last uh, couple of weeks on, on this, it's, it's a real insight into the reality. Of, because yeah. we can get caught up with figures and stats and all yeah. of that kind of thing. But this is the reality, Edwina. This is, this is it, friend. You know, and as I said, like, you know, I got a letter the other day to say that my son will, will not get a speech therapy appointment until January of 2024. You can't be serious. So my child has got a severe, has been diagnosed with a severe, a severe speech and language disorder, and he will not get an appointment for the next until January of twenty twenty four. Now, what am I supposed to do with my child between now and then? And everybody's aware at this point that the the earlier you can have intervention, the better the outcome. We're not even getting intervention. Never mind early. It's not. It's just non-existent. And as I said, like I put up a, a tweet on Twitter, it is normal for children to wait over two years for an appointment, and that's just for an appointment. You know, that's normal. That's... You know, and as I said, like it should never. It should never be. It's acceptable. You know, somebody thought that that was okay to send out that piece of paper, and hundreds. Hundreds of parents have gotten to us and said, yeah, you know what, we've been given that, we've been, you know, we're waiting two years, we're waiting for this, we're waiting for that. It's normal now to wait over two years for any appointment. Not even, you know, a, a, like a six-week block of, of therapies. It, it's just, you know, and as I said, like, what am I supposed to do with him, Fran? Can you tell me that? What am I supposed to do with him? And like, you know, you're saying to yourself, like, the 500 euros, that won't even get him an assessment. Jeez, Edwin, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, that's that sounds so... But it's it's the reality of so I know, many I people, know. Frank. You know, like there's, there's over 100,000 children like across across Ireland that have some sort of um, additional need. You know, and it just, you know, it's just, it, it's normal. I mean, you know, how, like what are, what are parents supposed to do? They're at their wit's end. 
they're absolutely at their weight's end. I only have one child. I mean, if you have two or three, you know, and like you're just, you're constantly fighting the system. And, you know, in, in if, if your child is going to mainstream school, like they're not going to get an SNA because they're just not there. Right. And uh, you can't benefit from an S- uh, SNA anyway until you've been yeah, looked after yeah. in some way, isn't that? Yeah, isn't that yeah, the yeah. I mean, some part of it, that, I mean, it's just, you know, as I said, like, you know, what are parents, what are parents supposed to do, friends? Right. So you know, are, are you like saying to me that very little of what you, you're talking about now has been acknowledged or even I, spoken yeah. about yesterday? Or, yeah, yeah. You know. it just wasn't, it wasn't even, they, they, they glossed over the health budget, you know, full stop. They gave out these magic numbers. Yeah. In the in the, the the mental health budget, like when Mark Ward broke it down, it's an extra fourteen million, which is less than what they had last year. You know, yeah. and like yeah. you talk about, like that two, like one third of all children that are referred to have have their referral, like they're they're not seen. You know, like they're not open, seen. Like, they're not seen. One third of all referrals are not are are refused. Ba- based on what, Edwina? Based on capacity. Oh, on capacity, okay. Well, right. you know, I mean, you know, they just, they say, oh, you know, look, friend, it's just when you have a dual diagnosis of if you have, like, if you have autism or ADHD or whatever, they, they constantly, the, the, the mental health services here in Ireland, they, like, and it's the same with the adult services because mm. if you have an addiction, yes. you're, you're bounced between one and the other. Between mental and health and addiction and, services, and, yes. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what's happening with CAS, is that children are being bounced back and saying it's a disability problem, and disability are saying, no, it's a CAS problem. So, I mean, and children are left in the in the middle, and it's the very same with the adult services. That's just the way the, the mental health services, because there just isn't enough capacity. All just, right. You know, Edwina, I must leave it there, but thank you again for a, an amazing insight uh, into uh-huh. that. When when you drill down through it, it's it's just amazing, isn't it? Thanks, yeah, Edwina. It, you know, like, you know, the 500 drawers, like, where's yeah. it going to go? You know, do you buy, do you fill the tank or do you get an appointment for the, you know, do you get a private appointment? That's the choice we have. But your private appointment must be extraordinarily expensive. An assessment, yeah. Yeah. yeah, to get an assessment is hundreds of euro. And, again, there's huge demand, so you'll be waiting for months. Even privately? Even privately. All right, Edwina, thank you so much for your time today. And my best to you and your family, Edwina. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Frank. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's uh, Edwina. Isn't it amazing to get that kind of insight into the day-to-day living of somebody with a, a child uh, with uh, autism? 1800-938-007. Gardening's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1800 938 007. And you're welcome back to Tip Today. It's time for gardening and uh, Alton Nesbeth from Centenary Home and Garden joining me now. Good morning to you, Alton. Good morning, Frank. I was looking forward to this, a break from budget and all of that kind of stuff. You're going to cheer us up, I hope, Alton. Uh, trees and shrubs, a uh, great display for the autumn, particularly with the berries. Exactly. And uh, this is a lovely time of year and colours are starting to come into a lot of berries. 
that are, 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 are being developed now at the moment. Now, there's lovely trees that have, have a great display. I, I love even just the, the common white thorn is, is lovely. And you don't have a lot of red, purpley red berries on it at this time of the year. And see, whitethorn is a great tree because um, it, it's quite a hardy one because it's an easy one to grow. It doesn't go too large either. Now, there's a lovely one called Paul Scarlet, which has lovely pink flowers out of it, pinky red flowers out of it, and lovely kind of almost a mushroom-shaped head, head that, that develops on it. Mm. But then this, this time of the year, you'll have the fantastic um, uh, red berries on it, um, which really give a good display. And they're fantastic for the wildlife as well. I mean, um, they're, they're great tree for bees as well as um, for the blackbirds and the thrushes as well. Um, so they're a great feed source for, for a lot of the wildlife um, over the winter months as well. So there's a lovely thing then as well, if you want a kind of a smaller tree mm. to have in your garden, there's a lovely one called Cotoneaster hybridus pendulous. Now this is a lovely weeping um, Cotoneaster and this has a, um, it's a lovely, what, what I like about it is there's always colour on it uh, throughout the whole year. So in the, in the springtime, spring-summer, you'll have a massive white flowers out of it. And then in the autumn time, you'll have um, lovely bright, big red uh, berries that will just kind of hang down um, from the tree as well. And, it, and it's a lovely evergreen tree right through the winter months as well. There's lovely foliage right through the winter. So it's a fantastic tree for a small garden that you don't want to have too large, uh, large a tree in it. Only goes to about 12 foot high and lovely cascading branches on it then uh, throughout the whole winter then as well. Um, it's a very easy, easy tree to grow. Other trees then, if you're in a very exposed area, or um, the mountain ash, uh, the sarabuses. These are, are, you can get them in lovely pink berries or uh, red berries or even yellow as well. So there's um, a, a pink panther is the, is the, is the pink berries one, of course. And then you have um, uh, what's this one called um, uh, golden uh, showers, which is particularly nice as well, or uh, uh, Joseph Brock which is the red berry, buried one as well. Um, again, uh, if you want another, there's a lovely shrub as well um, that's quite popular in, in gardens, and an unusual one, really, because it has lovely purple berries on it. And this is a thing called colicarpa. And colicarpa is, is um, an acid-loving plant, really. Um, and that um, is good if you plant that into kind of an ericaceous compost. But you'll have these lovely bright purple berries on it um, right uh, through the autumn plant. So it's a fantastic thing to have the different coloured berries um, in your garden. And this also is very good for the wildlife to feed through the, the, the harsh winter months as well um, to, to have a, a good stay. Um, now, uh, what I like as well, this time of the year, we have um, a lot of harvesting uh, this and there with the mm. fruit trees and things like that. But there's also uh, cob nuts, these the hazelnuts that you can grow as well. And this year particularly, because I have them growing at home myself, but um, there's, there's absolutely an abundance of fruit from, coming from them. Um, and the cob nuts are great. And they're much larger hazelnuts uh, that, that you can, can harvest from. And these are things that you don't even have to maintain or, or, or mine or anything like that. They keep producing loads of fruit in, uh, in late, late autumn as well. Um, and a thing called mulberry tree, which is a lovely large, it's almost like a stately tree really. And um, that's a quite a good tree as well. And that will have loads of berries on it as well. Um, or even the black walnut. Um, it's another type of um, uh, kind of a, 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 a walnut tree, which grows quite large as well. Again, these these are trees for more for kind of more state gardens, or, or even if you have a large large garden, uh, these will fill up, fill up an area quite well for you. 
Somebody wants to know about repotting an orchid. Uh, the flower has just dropped off and they're wondering what the story is on that. Yeah, with, um, with, when, the or- when the flowers start fading in an orchid, it's very important to cut off the flower stalk right down to the very base of the orchid. So you remove the flower stalk that, that has faded. Um, again, when you're repotting um, an orchid, it's very, these, have, um, these almost like lift themselves up out of the pot. And there's these aerial roots um, on the, the orchid itself. So generally what, what I tend to do is leave them as, as long as possible in the container but they're un- until they start lifting themselves up out of it um, with these airy roots then it's time to repot it and only use it into the next size container don't go too large because what happens is you get too too um large uh, large pot and the, the roots have too much um the airy roots have too much room to, to grow and what happens is then all it produces is foliage and no flowers so the roots always have to be really contained tightly as much as possible. Use an orchid compost. It's like a bark compost, really. Um, and always plant them into a um, translucent uh, container so that the um, uh, roots, the aerial roots, will tend to um, photosynthesize uh, quite well. So then you, you get plenty of more flowers by doing that as well. Um, always water at the very base of, of the orchid pot as well. Always, I always keep them fairly damp. So I usually use a saucer and just plenty of just rainwater at the very base of the, base of the container so that they, it kind of goes up, uh, up the uh, capillary uh, action uh, from the base of the container. So it always remains damp. Um, mist the foliage regularly as well because they, you don't want too much dry foliage um, with the orchids. And uh, feed with a, a, um, you can get a winter orchid feed and, and a summer orchid feed. So this time of year you start feeding with the uh, winter orchid feed. Lister says, during the warm weather, Elton, something attacked my lawn. There's now a black weed of some sort. I believe it's called plantain. Um, it's all over the lawn. How do I get rid of it? It's destroying the lawn. Yeah, plantain is a, it's a broad-leafed leaf thing, but it has this tall spike of a, a, bla- a dark flower that comes up on it. Um, now, plantain yeah, is quite invasive, but um, it's quite easy to treat. Um, I would always, um, uh, uh, say, three days after mowing the lawn, allow the, the plantain to leaf up quite well um, and then spray it with a thing called dicofar. Now, this takes about three weeks for, this, for, for that to work on it. So you leave the lawnmower pie for three weeks, allowing the, the dicofar to, to get down to the root system and, and you see the, the leaves twisting and contorting uh, within three weeks. And then you can lower down the, the lawnmower after that, after three weeks, so to keep the lawn in check. Um, so use a thing called dicofar. Um, it takes about three weeks for it to work on it, um, uh, and that will do a very good job on any, any plantain, or that creeping buttercup is quite invasive as well, or um, a, a dandelions or docks. Another listener says, I have two uh, plant containers which I bought in spring. They've not grown much and have developed yellow tips on all of the leaves. Um, they're outside a north-facing door. They were well-fed and well-watered. Uh, I bought good compost for the containers. What can I do to help them survive? Really, um, now, with, with feed, I would do less feeding coming into the wintertime. Um, now, just to, but really to revitalise everything, really, and to give it uh, more vigour and, and, and much healthier growth, I would all, always feed with an acid feed. Something like um, morassid, or a thing called um, uh, the, the rhododendron azalea feed, liquid feed, or anything to do with seaweed as well. Uh, a liquid seaweed base is quite good. Um, so feed, feed them with that just to promote much healthier growth 
um, healthier foliage as well. So um, something like sequestered environment is quite good. That's a very good feed um, going, in, going into the autumn, winter, um, so that um, you don't force on any soft growth as such. So again, just feed lightly with, with the uh, sequestered environment. I have a peony rose tree. Do I trim it back now and how far do I go? Uh, with the peony roses, um, they, they tend to die back uh, to, to the main stems of it. So any foliage that is, is gone, but rust, they tend to get a lot of rust or, or um, a black spot on, on, the, on the foliage. So what you're going to do is really do a tidy up on it. So get, get rid of any um, dead or, or, or damaged uh, branches off the peony rose tree, um, just back to the main stem. And, and that will just encourage lovely uh, clean uh, growth then in the springtime. Give it a feed um, as well at this time of the year. Just a, a, just a, a fistful of sulfate or potash at the base, base of the peony rose. Um, and that will just force it to produce loads of flowers for you, for you next year. Any of the tree peonies, they're very good if you grow them um, up through something, uh, up through another plant or, or, or even an uh, obelisk. So that it gives us support. Uh, because they tend to get very top-heavy or the flowers when they start to form, the, the, the weight of the flower tends to break the branches on it. So it's very important to give it support as, as it's growing then in the springtime. All right, a final one, if you would. Uh, what's the best food for a jasmine plant? Uh, some of the leaves are turning yellow. Yeah, really with the jasmines, um, now there's, there's um, uh, jasmine nudiflorum um, or, or officinalis. They, they, uh, will be, the foliage will be dying back on those uh, coming into the autumn time. So really um, just encourage good, healthy growth in it. Just put in your fertiliser at the very base of it. Uh, that will just encourage good growth then in the springtime. But at this time of year, the foliage tends to die back anyway on it. So just keep keeping it nice and tidy. Uh, remove any, any dead or, or, or damaged uh, uh, branches on, on the um, uh, jasmine. That will just keep it looking keen so that you don't get any mildew or, or, or tritis on it. So, again, just feed with the poultry in your fertiliser at the base of the jasmines. That will just make it much more vigorous than in the, in the springtime. Always good to talk to you and uh, happy gardening, Alton. Thank you for that. That's uh, Alton Nesbitt there from Centenary Home and Garden. The winner of our marvellous prize today, the Talbot Fitness Centre at the Talbot Hotel in Clanmill. And uh, four months of uh, free fitness and uh, jacuzzi and swimming pool and all of that going to Mandy Hallisey in Clonmel. Well done to you, Mandy. I hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget, you can have four months uh, leisure membership now at the moment if you make contact with the hotel for the price of three. That's it for me. Emma produced Ali, looks after our content. Stephen is on the way with the time tunnel. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be good now, won't you? Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.